Welcome to another episode of Just Another Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. I'm here with uh, Ben Bishop. He's a comic creator from Maine. He created Lost Trail, Nathan the Caveman. Uh, he did the world's first split decision comic, The Aggregate, along with uh, worked on Drawing Blood, uh, Kevin Eastman's comic book, uh, co-creator of TMNT. Uh, but he also works on TMNT stuff, and he's on Savage Dragon and Transformers and all kinds of other stuff that he has under his... Uh, resume you'd say he also is the uh, one of the artists that does the cans for basins which obviously brings it close to home for me not only the uh, bangor area brewery but also i designed the cans for orna brewing company so a little bit of coast co co things there but uh welcome ben how are you good man how are you good to be I'm, here i'm doing okay i'm doing the best i can right now i'm getting back to uh i actually worked a full day in the office for orna brewing company today in the office um, oh, wow. which was different because i've been working from home um, but we're yeah, hoping to open you were like, on Wednesday. I could do all so this from like, home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool Wednesday. We're all learning that though right now. Like we're all mm -hmm. learning that it's likely possible for most of us to do our jobs remotely. And mm -hmm. when you end up going into the office, you're like, yeah, this is cool. I got dressed and took a shower and driv drove in my car 20 minutes to get to an office that mm -hmm. I could have done the same things sitting at my house. Yeah. But I want to say like, well, you know, that human interaction and stuff, but like, that's what we're trying to avoid. But like, that's the, that's the good reason to go back once it's safe. It's like, well, I really need that. Like you, I mean, I think everyone's missing that. Obviously I barely got it. And I'm like, Hey, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I think so. it's a lot of us. Well, my job, I mean, as a general manager of owner of a brewing company, I interact with customers. So it's like, mm -hmm. I went, you know, my fiance is high risk. So we haven't been going out. Like I've been going to the grocery store if I need to or whatever, but she hasn't gone out. And so I also work for Woodman's, which is our sister or you know, brew pub restaurant. And we were like going there just to check it out, maybe get some to-go food because we opened that a couple of weeks ago. And we're like looking at the patio. We're like, there's no one out there. We should probably sit down and just, you know, have a, you know, dinner there. Yeah. And she, it was so weird for her, someone who's been sitting at home for three months when people are like, right. hey, how's it going? She's like, wow, I haven't actually had someone say that to me in three months. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's a, been really it's, weird. It's very strange. Yeah. And even when I am like around other people, I have the mask on. And so like I got out of my car today to get to the studio and there happened to be, you know, someone in a van next, nearby and they had their window closed. And so they were able to be like, like smile and wave. And I was like, like I was like, I'm smiling, but she had no idea. It just looked like I was like shooting her or angry look or something. Smile with your eyes, Ben. Smile with your eyes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, a lot of it. I do that. Like when I go to the grocery store, I'm always like, like just yeah, to hide the big very smile. Like, hey. yeah. <laughs> me behind the mask is just me going. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to do it anymore. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess for you, I mean, a lot of it's been you do a lot of things remotely anyway, right? I mean, you're in your studio, mm -hmm. but you have like, you know, if you're working on a comic book for someone else you're probably doing that via phone or video conference call anyway, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty secluded anyway. I shared a studio with a couple guys, uh, Joe Schmalke and Dylan Andrews for maybe two, maybe two or three years leaning towards three. And, um, just because I needed more space for, for shipping and, um, you know, to, to make bigger things and kind of spread out. I ended up moving here to this Westbrook space out of Portland. But, but aside from those guys, like we would just see each other. And like now, obviously, even without the virus, I wasn't seeing anyone since I moved here really day to day. I did one convention this year before they all got 
um, canceled. It was a big one too. So I was pretty scared. It was Chicago in March, which was like right when we were, it was the, I think it was the last weekend of February, first weekend of March or something. So it like crossed over. Um, and yeah, so luckily I don't think I got it. Otherwise I'm immune, which would be dope. But uh, I don't really see many people. Like, so that's one thing I'm missing is, is seeing people at conventions. But I've always, I've been saying for years, like I got to take a year off from conventions. I got to take a year off from conventions. Traveling is so nuts. Like, and every show I go to, I can never bring enough stuff. And it's always stressful. And I hate flying. I'm terrified of flying. And so, but it's like now that my hand has been forced, I, I kind of miss it. Like I want it to be my choice. I definitely miss seeing the people and, and just hanging out. And um, conventions were always like kind of like a mixer afterwards, you know, like big, like you felt like, like if I go to bed early or something and, and most of the times because I was just dead tired, like I mm -hmm. feel like I may have like, missed an opportunity, like, oh, you know, who could have been there that I would have met and, you know, maybe get this other job from or a connection or introduction, or whatever. But so I miss all that stuff. Uh, it kind of feels like even though I'm working on like three books at the same time right now, it feels like I'm spinning my wheels, um, which is scary, but that's only because I'm not, you know, I don't have those like milestones of like a con and, you know, again, meeting people and pushing things forward. Um, but yeah, I'm good alone <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. I think <laughs> I've got you guys. I've got the Bish, Bishar Kids Club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, mean, yeah. I love your, uh, uh, your message this morning on the, on the group about shipping the Bish Kids uh, box and about yeah. how we know, you know, we know you guys are all complainers. So I want to know this ahead yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. So Dustin's part of the Bishart Kids Club. The Kids Club is like this idea I had to do something between like a, a Loot Crate subscription box and a um, somewhere between that and just a general Patreon where it's like, you know, your, you know, your patronage, your, um, your, your help, your, uh, it, it go, your support goes towards me, you know, doing whatever, but I wanted to make them actually get stuff for it. So I, I do like quarterly boxes, as you know. And the group, I started in 2017, and now we're, like, just about to break 100 members. And, and like, a lot of those 2017 members are still there, and they were getting it, like, when I was just figuring it out. Like, when I first started, and it was, like, 10 guys, I was just like, okay, what do you already have from me? And they would tell me, and I would keep this spreadsheet. And then every single month, I'd be sending out, you know, whatever they didn't have. And then it got to a point where not only was that impossible to keep track of under over, like, 10 members, but they ran out of stuff like I, I didn't have any like new comics or something that they didn't already have and and so what I started I think uh, maybe six months or so ago I think we're on the third box now is quarterly boxes and the boxes are all full of all exclusive stuff which you're going to get your first box like in a week or so I think whenever media right? mail gets to us I know I ship a lot yeah, of things media yeah. mail and you know, <laughs> they, don't, they don't go that fast say that much <laughs> Well, I ship everything media because it is media, so I don't care. Uh, no, but um, but I offered the Bish Kids this morning to what you were saying, the option to upgrade to priority because a lot of people don't like to wait. And actually, the last box was the worst we ever had with the wait because of everything that's happening with the virus. I sent everything in one day, and all the Maine and Massachusetts and New York guys, they all went to North Carolina, and then they went from North Carolina to Springfield, Mass, and stayed in Springfield, Mass for like two weeks and like just wasn't updating at all um so they're a little scared of that but that was that was because of the virus it wasn't because of me <laughs> yeah i mean and it's, it's i actually was so funny i was just talking to my fiance like last night i was laying in bed and i don't know why i just got over like taken with like frustration with amazon like obviously mm -hmm. i order a lot of stuff on amazon like everybody else does and 
mm-hmm. I was just frustrated because I'm like, I think July 28th of this month, this is like coming up month is my renewal for Amazon prime. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking in my mind, I'm going, I pay $120 a year. And I know yeah. we're all dealing with stuff with this COVID stuff, but like I just ordered they could, something they could on throw back. I just ordered something on, we were sitting outside. So we were watching, uh, we're watching uh, Dexter. I have never mm-hmm. seen it. She has seen it. So I was like, Oh, we're caught up on some things because of COVID. Obviously, we've had a lot of extra time. I was like, Dexter yeah, would be kind of really cool to watch. Yeah. So I watched, I like started to watch Dexter, but I was like, I also want to sit on our porch. So I was like, I, I, I got the, the, the whole like, so, so like the, 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 to tie up between, do we watch TV in our like theater room or do we watch TV or where you just sit outside and like maybe draw on the pat- tablets or whatever? And it's like, what if we just watch TV outside? I have a spare TV that I had in the kitchen at one point. And so we watched it outside. And that, that moment, watching that TV, I ordered a, outdoor projector um she uh like a screen a stand for it and a projector so that we can actually project movies outside in our lawn yeah and so You're like, i ordered never it again <laughs> well i ordered it two weeks it's gonna take two weeks for it to get here amazon prime it's That's a prime not- it's not like random it's like it will be yeah. here sometime between now and july 14th and i'm like i just paid extra f- I've, and there's no option so like even if you're a prime be like hey we can actually ship it faster for like mm. 20 bucks because maybe i would be like you know if you spend a couple hundred bucks sometimes 20 bucks is worth it and i was like yeah. this is frustrating so i got on twitter and i was like complaining about shipping because i'm like i, I order something more... from target and it comes in two days yeah. like why is yeah, it, it might, amazon it, it might be that you know whoever they're getting it from you know it's like this big ripple effect you know i would i'm never never coming to amazon's defense trust <laughs> me. but what they should do because they just like <laughs> Bezos just passed a trillion or something like that, you know, for his personal worth or bank account. He could easily just be like, hey, we know we haven't been honoring what we sold you for six months. Here's half of it back, like 60 bucks a person or something. Like, who cares? Just do it. People would be like, that was cool. Yeah, say what you will about that piece of crap. But he he made good on half a year. And I mean, he obviously they own Whole Foods now. My brother is a as a um, like grocery bagger or whatever at Whole Foods in, in, in another state. And he uh, said they all gave everybody basically who works at Whole Foods hourly, got a little bit of a bump in pay because they knew they're the front, like they're their version of a frontline working because they're out there bagging people's groceries in the middle of this pandemic. Yeah. So they're, he's at least doing something nice. But I was just in my mind, I was thinking I was so mad about shipping because yeah. I sell things on eBay and I do a bunch of different stuff, ordering stuff. And I mean, you shipped out, the stuff that I ordered from Dish Kids, the member exclusive stuff, and that came pretty quickly, uh, and and it was media mail. So it's like it all depends. It's like depending on the day, it's like it's random how yeah. if I ship something on a Thursday, it's not going to get there till the following Friday. But if I shipped it on Monday, it would get there by Wednesday or something. We've we've got two guys in the club who are USPS, and they they always have really good insight. But most of most of the time, they're like, yeah, don't do media mail. Nobody cares about it. They do. Because it's usually comics and stuff, but they're yeah. like, they're like, yeah, people treat media like crap. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's like four bucks, which still isn't cheap. Like when you're talking a hundred people, you know, and all the regular orders I have, and and priority is like twenty. So it's yeah, I'm not gonna unless you guys want to pay for it. That's cool. Like by all means, like I if mean, it gets damaged and gets returned to me, I'll send you another one. But well, that's the other thing. I mean, so art, then you're screwed. Well, speaking of that, do you? Now that you've been, you said 2017 is when you started Bish Kids? Bish Kids, yeah. Yeah, so when you started that, obviously you were just sending things you had. Is it, and this is not, this is kind of a personal question for me, but also just in general mm-hmm. for everybody else to know. Do you start thinking about that now as you go forward, like when you're doing a piece of art, 
for a, a project you're working on or something else that you're actually creating things being like, this probably is going to go good in a box. So I'll just say, you know, set this aside or whatever. Yeah, definitely. So like, so now that everything is made just for the group, sometimes I'll be doing a commission or something and I'll be like, Ooh, I really like that. And then I might turn that into an exclusive print just for the group. So I know, you know, I'm going to print this many and never print it again because everything so far has been a hundred print runs. So like any, like I'm doing whole books. Like I did uh, drawing blood issue one. Do you see that one? And it was yes. the process edition. I did a yellow sketch cover, yellow line paper. And on the inside, it had the rough, the final, the rough, the final. So it was like 50 pages long or something. And that was only a hundred copies ever made. So like, I don't think enough people know about the club yet to be like, Oh, I got to get that. But once they find out and they see what they've missed, they're going to be like, damn it. <laughs> like we did a giant, I did a giant 11 by 17 um, artist edition of the Raphael story I did mm -hmm. um, with Kevin Eastman, Target R. And that was like just all the original pages, no color, no words, um, limited to a hundred copies, all signed and numbered. And so like, since I've been doing the exclusive stuff, like I'll, I'll pick stuff out as I'm working on it. Like, Oh, that would be a cool idea. Like, um, and I like keeping it a surprise. Like I'm still waiting on a few items for the, the latest box. And I've been complaining about it in the group. Speaking of shipping, I ordered this on June 4th and I've been, it's still in production and it's a hundred pieces of paper. It's like a special print. And, uh, and they still like, are like, I don't know, maybe July 2nd. I'm like, you're called overnightprints.com. <laughs> I'm like, I just want my money back. Like give me my money back or refund me the cost of shipping. Cause I paid for like fast shipping. It clearly is not that. Well, I think uh, that's what Amazon does for their defense too. It's like, Oh no, no, you do get two day shipping when we ship it. It's like, yeah, it's that aspect of your over overnight shipping. Yeah. Well, we'll give you overnight shipping. It's when we actually put it in the mail, like we'll put it yeah, in the mail, but it might take us a week to get it. That's such a weird, like fine print bullshit answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. But anyway, we've been talking for about shipping so damn well. <laughs> so I don't I, care. I'll tell you what, that's funny. So I, I, I'll do a little personal thing here. I didn't, know ben bishop at all like the person you know or the who the artist or that you even existed in this world until a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and then i had just moved to maine and went through divorce so i had like a lot of less money and so i wasn't buying a lot of things comic book related and so on so i missed out on the kickstarter yeah. for the aggregate however yeah. just to let you know not to make you feel bad because you didn't get my money for your second print i went on amazon <laughs> and i bought this for five dollars really? with free shipping you know what it is? Oh, shit. Listen. Yeah. You ready? It's signed, right? Okay. So it's an initial, it's a Kickstarter one. It's a uh, book 135. Oh, man. That one's actually numbered. I stopped numbering those very early on. Like, I, because I printed a, I think I printed 2,000 of those. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, this numbering has become impossible. Cause I would like reach into a box and I would like give someone and be like, okay, what, what was I at? I added all my dry erase. So you have a numbered one. That's very rare. Cause that, that's just so funny. For $5. Stopped. I'm like, I don't know, man, you you were selling them for like 20 bucks on your website. And I found it on uh, yeah. eBay for 20, five bucks. So I was like, eh, yeah, I'll buy it on you. It's in good yeah, condition. You're the devil. No, it's fine. I, uh, I appreciate it. No, what's funny about that too, is like my very first book, Nathan, the caveman I did when I was 18 to four years, 300 page graphic novel. Um, the first printing of that has been popping up on Amazon for like, um, I think the last I saw was like, did you see it? 900 and something bucks or something like that. Yeah. It was like 900 something. I couldn't remember Like, cause at first, the first somebody told me about it, I was looking, it was like 
170 and I was like, whoa, that's pretty dope. And then now it's up like almost to a thousand bucks. So pretty cool. I don't know. I would just, I, every once in a while, like, oh, I think what it was, I was creating the, on, on the website for this podcast, just another podcast.com. We have, I have like a little description, which I mainly copied obviously from your about us or about you section on your website, just the not the wording, but like what you did for projects and so on. And uh, so I wanted to link to your site, some of the books so that people could buy them if they wanted to buy them. And um, I, I know that like you did Lost Trail, which was one of your mm-hmm. first or more early books. Um, and you can get yeah. that. That's on Amazon. So I was like, this is where I got yeah. this one was on Amazon. Um, yeah. And so, so that one was like 2011. It came out. Um, and that was actually my first um, non self-published work, I think, for a full book definitely mm-hmm. for a full book, but not maybe not for like covers or backups and things like that. Um, and it was, you know, because of Nathan the game, I did spend all that time doing that first book. It just, and that's why it took four years because I was working at coffee shops and lobster shacks, Portland lobster company, Javanet cafe on exchange street in Portland, <laughs> uh, the first internet cafe, uh, in Maine and probably the last. Um, and, <laughs> And so the whole idea was to do this thing, this big, heavy 300 page book with a good story and good art. And hopefully someone will see it and say, Hey, you want to draw Spider-Man? You want to draw this? You want to draw that? Um, and it was actually Down East Magazine here in Maine who called me and was like, Hey, we got your book, Nathan Caveman. You actually sold it to us at the coffee shop that you were working at. And they were like, You want to do a book with us? And I was like, Sure. It's like superhero books, like, because they do all Maine stuff. It's like, yeah. like Lobster Guy or Fisherman or something. They're like, no, it's this guy, Don Fendler. And the story behind Lost Trail is it's based on a book called Lost on a Mountain in Maine, which is yeah. a famous Maine story about um, Don Fendler who got lost on Mount Cotton. And this is the, the adaptation that we did. Um, and that book has been great for me because now I go to schools. I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of presentations. Like ever since 2011, I've been doing you know, multiple visits a year. This year has been very slow, of course. But, uh, but regularly, I might do like, like 10 to 12 visits a year and it's really great um schools just like buy piles of them because every fourth and fifth grade or fourth or fifth grade in maine will get one um mm-hmm. along with lost on a mountain in maine so it's been really awesome um it was awesome uh because like i mean think about it like you hear the stories of like comic book creators like stanley or or people like that who who when people ask him at parties, you know, back in the day, what do you do for a living? He's like, well, I'm an author or, or you know, I write books or whatever. And they're like, what kind of books? And they're like, oh, comic books. And then they immediately now, if someone says I write comic books, they immediately jump to superhero, you know, your yeah. Marvel, your DC and stuff like that. When you can actually go, hey, kids, I drew a comic book. And it's like an yeah. actual based off of a book that a lot of people in yeah. the world or in Maine or doing or at least know that it's a historical yeah, book. Yeah, definitely. Is, is, is something that a yeah, lot of I kids think in Maine read. It's actually, and teachers have told me this, so I'm not just making it up, but like they've said like their graphic novels, uh, areas in their libraries and stuff, they haven't, they, they were very, very small before and they're still most likely smaller than other areas in the library, but it's given librarians who may have already known this, like an excuse to say like, no, this is reading too. And now getting all the other teachers on board and then having me come in and showing like all the hard work I did to get there. Like I wrote to Marvel when I was 11, that didn't work out. I tried to go to Maine College of Art, that didn't work out. So it became about just self-publishing. It's like, if you want to make comics, just make comics. And so that became about just doing the work for four years. You can't say, oh, I draw comics. And they're like, okay, cool, what have you done? If you haven't done anything, you don't really draw comics. So it's like, mm. you gotta finish something, see if someone sees it, see if they like it, led to Lost Trail, yada, yada. But like for the kids and for the teachers, it's 
it's given this like um, Don Fenler, the guy the book is about, like living legend, really amazing man, um, used to say in schools, so I like it because, you know, it, it, it gives kids who, who can't read well or don't want to read like a way into reading. And I used to think that was kind of like a dig. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's right. I think he is right. Like, it's not like it's easier reading. But for someone like me, it's much more interesting, you know, and for a kid like I was, I would have jumped right on it. Um, so I really like that. I'll tell you right now, my personal story on that is that I didn't read well at all in, in school. Yeah. Up until like even my high school, like first, my freshman year in high school at Bangor High School, I was in like a reading class to learn how to read better. And mm-hmm. um, I always say that when I talk about my love for comic books, I'm a huge Marvel fan, but like my love for comic books as a whole was it was short and easy to read. So it got me into wanting to read in general. And so I went mm-hmm. from reading, you know, the single like, 28 page comic books, 30 page comic books to graphic novels to then going out and being like, okay, now I feel like I can tackle a book. So there was something about that, but it also brought me back into, I'm 34 years old and I were sitting in a room that's decorated with freaking comic book characters because it means a lot to me. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's like it, we're, we're never growing up kids. I mean, um, no, and that's great, but it's also what helps us and you, I guess, I mean, I would probably imagine it helps you. We always, what something like the Marvel and, and superhero movies have done for the industry in a sense that makes it more um, approachable, but more like you're not a kid. You can be an adult yeah. and read a comic book or go see a Marvel movie or DC movie or the superhero movies in the theaters and not be like, Oh, you're going to see a kid's book or a movie made into, yeah. a, you know, made into a super feature film. It's um, yeah, like made it more achievable or more achievable, but like, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know what word to use, but it's no, like, it's, it's, it's more, um, I was going to say palatable, but it's close, but that's not what we're looking for. But it's more like everybody is more apt to to grasp onto it. It's more likely they'll grasp onto it. Um, And if they don't, at least they know like they just don't get it because they're like the highest grossing movies of all time. So there's something there. Like it's it's characters with like, you know, motivation and Mm -hmm. and that we care about and emotions and and also giant spectacle, which we always love, but it's, it's able to be weirder and stranger. So it's, it's truly an escape um, as opposed to watching like, you know, a movie about freaking United 93 or something. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's got spectacle and stuff, but like we want to be taken away from the real world for a second, you know? It's, it, and there are some things like my fiance reads books in, a, like in three hours. Like she'll read a, you know, 600 page book in three hours. She just like rips through it. She reads, I can't she, do that. she tells me she reads, she reads by the paragraph. She tells me, I don't know what that exactly means, but it almost felt like she reads the entire paragraph at once. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, okay, I understand that. But like, if I really just sit down and pick up, you know, a book of substantial size, it's going to take me a month or two to read that. And a lot of times yeah. I'll read it and I'll do an audio book in the car because it's yeah. a lot easier for me to, to comprehend someone else reading it to me. But comic books, I, every night I read comic books. I have my iPad. You know, when I told, I, I messaged Ben and I was like, I'm ordering something online. Can I get the aggregate too? Cause I've read the book. I have the book. I own it. But it was like, when I lay in bed, she usually falls asleep before me. And I'm like on my comp, my, my iPad, I can't read that in the dark, like a regular book in the dark. Yeah, so like, yeah. the PDF helps a lot because you can scroll through it digitally. Yeah. And, um, I think a lot of these things like the Marvel unlimited subscription, you know, I own a lot of these books, but it allows me to leave my books in the book, comic book box and pick up the digital version and read through the digital version, you know, zoom in on different panels. If I want to look at something like the artwork from an artist or, or whatever, or like, Oh, I need to, you know, go back or what would be great is the aggregate too. 
which you're obviously creating right now, to make it so the PDF is interactive on some of these things. So you can click on the thing and it goes to the page. Now that would be it does. It does? it does. I didn't even try that yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. If you click the, it depends what you're reading it in. Um, but on a regular computer yeah. or something, I'll have to try it on the iPad. I'm pretty sure it works. But it's I, didn't check, I didn't even try it. I was just guessing that it did. Yeah. So. so yeah. So in the aggregate, what we're talking about is it's the world's first split decision comic. Um, so it gives you choices um, similar to an old choose your own adventure style, um, but it had never been done before in comics, at least not done well. And when you get to spots like this, say, all right, do I want to run or do I want to stay? And you can, in the digital version, you can literally click that button and it'll jump you. Um, and that's all just built into Adobe Acrobat. Yeah. It's like the simplest program. But I contacted Comixology about the digital version and I was like, hey, I'd love to be on Comixology, but like, here's what I need. Can you guys jump pages? And they were like, no, that sounds cool though. And I was like, yeah, do you want to do it? And they were like, no. I was like, okay. So I'm working on that now, like it, on my own like split decision app. So you can have all the titles in there. Um, and I think I want to add in some other stuff like the, the parallax where you've got your foreground, middle ground, maybe some effects. And maybe even like when you get the big scenes, like when he's, you know, in the ATV thing with the dog and the sidecar running yeah. away from the spider cats, maybe it's actually like a moment of, loop animation or something I think that'd be really cool. have you seen uh, i know like marvel has done like the marvel knights they have like the videos the dvds they came out with which was basically all they did was mm -hmm. like take the panels and like talk oh, yeah, over like them and, like, yeah yeah that, that see that's like a mixture of the two like a pdf a static yeah. pdf and a motion comic all in one yeah i'd be i'd be happy with that and then maybe like the big scenes we do new art or like real you know nice animation um I, yeah, I, I, I watched the whole. I am pumped because yeah. I think it's the first comic book I've ever read in my life that has my name in it. Oh Thank yeah, you, Justin. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think so. That's actually that's actually based on a real Justin. If you had hit the Kickstarter, that could have been you because part of the Kickstarter was you could be in the yes. book, uh, and that's my buddy Justin Covert. Uh, it's just so kind of funny. So page thirty-five. It's so funny. Yeah. Like I I was reading through it and I was like, oh my god. I'm in this comic book. It's like, you know, I was just talking with my fiance about like, you know, if we were to ever have ch children, what names would be and so on and so forth. And I was like, I just yeah. grew up without no one. I had a couple of people in my 1500 person high school that had the name Justin, but it wasn't, you know, technically in 86, Justin was the 12th most common name, but in Maine, it definitely wasn't the 12th most common name. And so to me, it no. was, I didn't know a lot of Justin. So when you read things or see things on TV, there's not very many characters that have been written yeah. into movies or TV shows or books that are named Justin. So I, honestly, I read it, I was like, now, now that you mention it, yeah, I don't, I don't know many. I can't think of many that I grew up with, maybe like two. Um, but there are two in the club, counting you. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned book two. I wanted to show you this. This is book oh. two. <laughs> so... So this is what's taken so long. It's already written, but so this is what I, this is book one and two. And I like cut it because um, I sat down to write book one when I did the first Kickstarter. And I always say like, I was trying to write uh, Star Wars and I wrote like A New Hope, Empire and Jedi. And then I had to like go, okay. And so I cut it. So this is all of book two, but you can see like all the tabs. I'm trying to move it so no one can cheat. No, but, uh, is, yeah. yeah, but like all these guys up top, are all things I want to change and edit and add scenes and stuff. So even though the book had been written since 2016 or 2017, um, when I wrote the first one, I jumped back in after the last Kickstarter and I was like, man, I want to do this. I want to do this. Uh, I should add this. Like I want an opening. Cause when you finish book one, 
there's four beginnings, seven endings, and 20 choices in between. So you end at various spots. So book two needs to open with like, if you end it on this page, start here. If you end it on this page, start here. But I want some clean openings that are like, if you picked up book two for the first time, um, and I and I really want to do one where it's like, like the, the, the all the other choices, like it's over the course of like a year, maybe. I want one that they've been traveling and like fighting together, the two main characters for like two years. And so like opens and they're in the middle of a like big thing and they're fucking awesome, like so good at it because they're like a great team. He's got like a shaved head. She has long hair, like whatever. They, and you're just like, what the hell? Like, can you picture a show starting like that where they're yeah. just like a season two? And you're like, what the hell? And so that whole thread will take off from there instead of the other ones, which take off like kind of right when you ended. Um, so I'm kind of writing that from scratch. And another one of the Kickstarter tiers is that um, you could write a split decision. So there's a handful of people who I kind of need to set up at a point in the book and say, okay, what do you want to do here? And then split it. And then the other guy, okay, what do you want to do with either of those splits? And then just give them a, a I have to give them some parameters so the book's not 900 pages long, but um, I think it'll be pretty fun. It could be as simple as like, I think he should kiss her and then he kisses her and he gets like slapped or <laughs> she just kills him or something. I don't know, but it could I mean, be Does fun. it make it more difficult to do th like writing? A, it must be more difficult to write a split decision comic book mm -hmm. because of it being multiple, like it's basically a bunch of different comic books in the same, or versions of a comic book in the same book, but also like in integrating something like Kickstarter into it and forcing... Not enforcing you to put in things yeah. like create a decision that you're not doing your own. Is it like more difficult to write? Yeah. That way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the split decision format versus a regular comment format is a little tougher, but it's also, it's got its things that are easier. Like one thing that's easier for me is like when I'm sitting down and I like blank slate and it's a writing day when I'm drawing, I can draw all day and just like be terrible at drawing and I'll crinkle it up, throw it on the ground, crinkle it up, throw it on the ground. And at the end of the day, at least I have like visual physical evidence of my struggle and go okay well i tried today it was a shitty day but but with writing like you don't just go da, 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 like like you have nothing like if you've had a bad day it's blank like or it's just not enough and so one thing that's good about the split decision thing is i can just like like i just riffed there about like two years later he's gonna say that like, like i can just do that and then later i can decide if i'm going to use it but at least that day i wrote something down um and so with split decision like it's almost like there's no bad idea the hard part comes when you have all those and you go, okay, like what should I cut? Or, you know, this book can't be 900 pages. So what, what doesn't need to be there? What are the best choices? Um, things like that. And then connecting the dots. The hardest part is if I have like a split and it's a big split in the book, but at some point I want one of the little threads off of that split to come back in. I need to make sure nobody lost an arm or they changed their hair. Or, like the dog didn't die in that scene and now he's suddenly back. And like, so that stuff is hard to keep track of. Um, but again, the fact that it's a comic, I'm sitting with it for so long. Even on one page, I'll be drawing for like 16 hours and you're not doing anything other than staring at that page and listening to music. And you think, and I'm thinking about the book and I'm like, so by the time I was done aggregate one, I had all the threads memorized. It was so weird. I never thought it would happen, but I knew I was like, okay, this takes place right after this, which was after this, which is after this. It's like, very beautiful mind shit but it was like all in my mind mm -hmm. so it's like if i forget this i'm screwed uh so that can come in handy sometimes where you commit it to memory as you're going um but yeah it's tough um as far as the kickstarter stuff the second part of your question that is definitely harder the cameo thing is like really really hard where people want to be in the book because like when you get in and you're you know 
tired, your back hurts, hot, whatever. You just want to like play The Last of Us for 24 hours. Like you can't. You go, okay, well, I'm just going to try my best to like draw something great today, like and get this page done. And you don't want to go on to Kickstarter, go on to your backer report, look for who backed as main character, find their photos, draw them into the comic. And so like, I love that support. Obviously the book wouldn't have happened without those Mm -hmm. big tier rewards, but that's like something that, you know, is a struggle against, you know, just brain dead creativity. You know what I mean? And so I'll have to get that out of the way. So with drawing blood two, I'm doing it a little differently than I did with drawing blood one, where I'm going to do all the cameos. I'm doing all my roughs first. Probably can't see it, but over on that wall, that's Mm -hmm. issues. Uh, five and six hanging up on the wall um so i'm gonna do all those roughs first and then i'm gonna jump in and like kind of replace uh random people that i drew in backgrounds and things with cameos um and that might help um the main character stuff was really tough so when i did aggregate one i had a lot of main character rewards because it was big it wasn't as big as it should have been but i think there were like 600 bucks or something to be in the Mm -hmm. book and people loved it. Like you just loved seeing your name, for example. Like, so if you find a good deal to like literally be in the book and that Justin Covert character is a big character. I hadn't even written the book yet when I launched that Kickstarter. I had the synopsis, told people what I wanted to do and I had three pages done. So when I had like a pile of, cause I just kept saying, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, let's get this thing full color. Let's get it funded. Um, I was like, oh man, how am I gonna fit all these people in? And so. I had a little bit of an advantage at that point where I knew, you know, the thing was funded and I had all these people. And of course I hadn't written it yet, but I had to write the story around those people. And so like, you know, that guy probably would have died, but now I feel bad (laughs) killing him off. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, how do I just not, you know, not let this one backer last forever and become an awesome character and then just kill another one off. And then like, oh, this guy's a gun nut or like should I make him the weapons expert like that was a positive I could I could riff off of like what he actually did in real life this person's a nurse she could be the medic or whatever and like that was a lot of fun the covert guy was in the military so I made him like the head of the rebel group there um so that part of it was fun but it was also uh, a challenge it was definitely a challenge it's you you're writing your own this is like uh, you know Ben here owns split decision comics so it's not you're writing your own thing but like mm-hmm. it almost like you have a director or someone yeah. telling you like they not the Kickstarter company because Kickstarter is just a platform, but like the people yeah. who backed your Kickstarter, the one basically telling you, you know, we need to put this character in the book because someone paid for that. So there's like not yeah. in a, in a bad way. Cause you chose the, 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 the levels, the tiers that you could do it. Yeah. So like yeah. it was your decision, but in the same sense, it's almost yeah. like, Hey, you need to put Justin in this book. Some mm-hmm. corporate. How are person. you going to do it? Exactly. Yeah. And so or that's like pretty crazy with, to think about. People with glasses was a hurdle because I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a post-apocalyptic like Mad Max type. Like this is supposed to be a thousand years in the future. I was like, are they finding their prescription? Like, are they, are they making you? It's like, no, they would die. Like you can't see the survival <laughs> of the fittest. And so like, I just told those people, I was like, hey, it might not look exactly like you unless you want to die because I'm going to take away your, your glasses. Like, is that cool? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one guy, um, and he'll know who he is, um, and you'll know who he is if you've read the book, but he paid to have his son in the book. And so it was like both of them. And that was an awesome, like, development, because then I got to write this, like, father-son thing. Um, but again, it changed the entire story just because of his 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, God, 
So that's also like what I think is great about Kickstarter. And that's what I said on the second one. And that's why I say on Drawing Blood, I'm like, this is your chance that you're not just supporting me or it's not a charity. Like you're like kind of molding what this project will be. And I thought that was really, really cool. I would love to be, a, I, I do love being a part of that for other books, mm -hmm. you know? So just in case anybody who's listening or watching doesn't know, Drawing Blood is a yeah. comic book that I mentioned at the open, but uh, it's a book that uh, Ben illustrated with, um, or for, you know, with, I guess, along with um, Kevin Eastman, who is the co-creator of yeah. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, it came out, what, last year? Is that what it was, last year? I'm not sure. Time is... 19? 19? It must have been 2019, yeah. right? Summer of uh, It's probably in the book. Hold on. I think it's in the I book. I think it was summer of 2019. <laughs> it was 2018. 2018. Okay. So, yeah. um, that's a book. And if you want it, uh, you can get it on Kevin Eastman's website. I did order, um, his package. It comes with all of your covers and it comes with all of his variant covers. Okay, cool. It also came with the ragdolls, uh, yeah. book. So ragdolls is the, is yeah. essentially the book inside the book, but yes. So uh, the cool don't, thing don't about be confused. Is, this this doesn't exist inside the book, but it's the book the guy creates in the book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. Paul Bookman is a comic book artist. Um, a struggling Shane comic book artist now at this point yeah. because of some things that go on. So I want people to read it, but it's a great book. And yeah. um, Kevin Eastman obviously is a historical person for a people who live in New England and or Maine knows he created one of the most iconic comic book characters in history uh, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles along with uh, his uh, partner Laird. Um, but how did you get connected? That's my, I guess I don't want to do interview based questions, but I really would like it. I think some people would like to know how, someone who you know you know you're 34 right i mean you're in your 30s 34 i think i'm 34 i said 33 the other day 86 so 86 so yeah so yeah 34 we're both 34 but like we're we're you're 34 and you had not only have met someone like kevin eastman and not only have you been able he to me more than anyone else on earth which i love <laughs> it's great <laughs> like not only think about it, like a lot of if you think like you talked about sending your letter into marvel you sent your letter into Marvel at 11 years old, not just to become a comic book artist, but because of the people that also worked for Marvel. Like, you know, you wanted to be able to work alongside the people who worked at, you know, the Kirby's, yeah. the Lee's. Jim Lee. Yeah. Yes. So those places, yeah. like those are the, those are the people you want to work alongside. Now you get to work alongside this guy who created this, this, you know, when you were on the Comic-Con, the Bangor Comic-Con uh, show, uh, Jay Cochran had mentioned how much his kids love watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on TV. And now you get to actually sit there and draw those things that we grew up watching. I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> like, Oh, it's amazing. Uh, it's been a really great few years. I was going to say a couple of years, but then I just checked the date on that book and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> time is going by faster these days. Um, yeah, no. So I was, so when I decided, I decided one day I wanted to do Ninja Turtles, like just, I wanted to, IDW is a comic company that holds the rights to the licensed Ninja Turtle comics and they've been doing a kick-ass job for a long time now. They're, I think at 105 now, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. further. Maybe 105, maybe. I think just came out or is coming out next week or came out, yeah. came out last week. So it's the longest running Turtle comic book series ever with, you know, especially beats out the original Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird mm -hmm. books as far as length. Um, so anyway, I made a decision. I wanted to draw turtles. It actually came about like a sidebar, which I do a lot of. Sorry, but uh, no. I, I wanted to get my first uh, tattoo. This guy here, or this girl here, and my tattoo artist was like, "You can draw, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You want to draw some Ninja Turtles?" Like, I love Ninja Turtles. I was like obsessed with Ninja Turtles, but I never really drew them. I drew them badly, like every now and then for fun. 
but I was like, okay. And I drew this big like subway piece, which you can see on my website. Uh, Cause it's still one of my favorite pieces where they're all on the subway car. And like, I think Mikey's like snapping the foot soldier's neck and all this stuff. And, uh, and I traded that for that you got it? over there. Yeah. That's no, that's the van one. That oh. one's like a head. That one's like a nod to it. So I'm already I, I, like I, referencing my own shit. Okay, so I'm that's right there saving. That's saving the spot on the wall for for oh, an okay. actual commission, like a piece from Ben Bishop. I just I got oh, it cool. from you and I what was in there was something that I had created, but it was like a I did it on Photoshop. It was like a <laughs> uh, you know, flat uh, two-dimensional like uh, Captain America just shield. But the other mm-hmm. ones that were next to it were all like Billy I have a piece of Billy Anderson artwork and all that stuff on next to it. So I was like the, the space yeah, needs one, to be, it needs to be a, a piece of a black and white artwork. And so I got that in the mail and I was like, that's going to go up there. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Back to what you were like saying. Yeah. So, uh, I, so basically I did that piece for him, um, in trade for the tattoo and then I colored it just cause it was done and I really liked it. And then I made prints of it and I was doing lots of conventions every year. And so I just started making like kind of fake Ninja Turtle covers. And then I was like, well, if I, if I do these, you know, not only will I get better at finding my turtles and drawing the turtles, um, but I can start sending them as samples to IDW and be like, hey, you should let me do a cover. You should let me do a cover. And so I did that for like three years. I was sending them emails like, hey, let me do a cover. And Bobby, the editor, is an awesome guy, but his emails are super short. So you always think he hates you. He's like, <laughs> looks great. Okay. Like, because he's busy as heck. And so I was like, oh man, this is, never going to work out for me yada 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 and, and I think so three years later uh I think I, I finally got my first one in 2014 it's, it's issue 55 they're jumping out of a manhole so I got that one and then I did a couple store exclusives for this awesome shop in Manchester double midnight comics so I did like three or four and it was um Rhode Island Comic Con uh I can't remember the year but it's after I'd done like three or four covers and, and Kevin was there and he was on a panel with some other turtle people like Steve Levine, who I'm actually very good friends with. He lives in Wells, Maine. Um, and, and apparently somebody came to my table later and was like, Hey, Kevin mentioned you on the panel. I was like, what What are you talking about? And they were like, yeah, he said, said there's lots of great turtle artists here and he couldn't really think of anyone, but he named you because he knew you were here. And then he said that he hates you because you draw turtles better than him. And I was like, Whoa. And I was like, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, that's awesome. And so then later that night, Steve was like, hey, you want to go hang out with Kevin at P.F. Chang's? And I was like, hell yeah, because Steve and Kevin were like best friends. I guess mm-hmm. Michelangelo is based on Steve Levine. And, oh, and so awesome. they were really excited to get together again because it had been a while. And, and Steve and his wife, he were nice enough to invite me. And, and so that's when I first like met Kevin and we were drawing uh, turtles for the waitresses and stuff on like receipts. And it was a lot of fun. Um, Get, took some pictures and I was like oh yeah slept in my car like I was supposed to this is like story Jill my wife probably never tell anyone but I love it because it has to do with my whole introduction to Kevin but I had two other places I was going to crash that night and like as the night went on those options faded because those people <laughs> went to bed and so my final option the guy was like dude it's now or never I'm leaving and I was like I'll be all right and I slept <laughs> in my car because I, I like lost there so I slept in my car in the parking garage in Rhode Island at the mall it was amazing um, but Jill was like, you shouldn't tell anyone that ever again. And so here I am on a podcast. But um, after that, I felt like I was comfortable enough with Kevin to, I shot him a copy of the aggregate PDF. Uh, it was about to come out and I, and I shot a copy to Peter Laird and, and I had talked to Peter Laird. I'd done a couple signings with Peter Laird actually, because he was very close. Uh, he still is very close with Steve Levine. 
and Steve had a store and we did, we did some signings and, and so I sent them both a copy of the book, hoping to get a quote for the back and, and Pete got back to me right away. Um, and pretty much exactly what I would expect from somebody like as so, you know, meticulous as Pete, he gave me like some grammatical, uh, feedback on the PDF. He's like, you can do what you want, but that's spelled this way. This is supposed to say that like, and I was like, okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> but he gave me an awesome quote for the back. Um, and Kevin never did. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I got to go to print. So I went to print uh, a few months go by and I'm at North Carolina comic con. And I was, this is when I set a new goal. I have this other stupid saying along with just make comics, which is set goals, get goals. And I just go, okay, here's what I'm going to do this year or however long it takes, which is turtles. My new goal was to get on Savage Dragon with Eric Larson. And so I was kind of like buzzing around Larson all weekend at this convention in North Carolina. And he was kind of like busy and, and you know, not really caring. Flash forward, I ended up getting some Savage Dragon stuff. But that night, I was a little bummed out. I was like, oh, he doesn't care. You know, I'm not going to get it. And we're having drinks at the bar at the mixer, like I said. And uh, I got this buzz and I looked and it was an email from Kevin and said, Hey, Ke hey, Ben, Kevin Eastman here. He's like, just read the aggregate. It's fucking awesome. He's like, do you want to do a book for me? And I was like, and I'm just sitting with friends who are going on with their fucking conversations. And I'm like, hey, so look at what I, and they're like, go fucking call him. Because he gave me his number. <laughs> yeah. So I went outside, I called him and I was just pacing around, you know, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And we talked about what drawing blood would be. And because I said yes. And he said, well, let me send you some stuff before you say yes. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to say yes no matter what <laughs> it is. Unless this is some sort of like yeah. weird, like Nazi yeah. thing or something yeah, like that. You're like, likely I'm going to say yes. Nazi stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he said, okay, the story is drawing blood. And, and the way I kind of quick pitch it at comic book conventions and stuff is I say it's, we say it's the fictional true story, um, which doesn't make any sense, but you kind of get that. It's yep. the fictional true story of how the Ninja Turtles were created and what happened after. But instead of Kevin Eastman, it's this guy, Shane Bookman. And instead of creating the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he creates the radically rearranged Ronan Ragdolls, who are samurai cats named after famous anime directors, Miyazaki, Tezuka, and Atomo, instead of Renaissance painters. In the cover is, I mean, if, you, if you, anybody knows the original TMNT, yeah. that's how like it would say, it said, you know, Peter Laird in a, you know, Kevin Eastman across the top and it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, uh, so that's kind of how that came together. Uh, over the next couple days and weeks, we would get on the phone and I would, I told him, you know, what I needed for payment. He was also really, uh, he told me more about the story, of course, and it's co-written by David Avalone, who's a brilliant writer, who's done Zorro, Elvira, um, Betty Page. It's been one of his big, big books. Um, and he's just got, like, you've read, some of it i think at least right like his what? humor is so good yeah oh it's awesome uh, drawing I read drawing book. Yeah. yeah yeah like i was read i read the scripts and i'm like oh shit like this is good like it'd be great i mean it would suck if it was terrible like so <laughs> when i read them and i'm like oh that's actually really funny and and i do a lot with emotion like i really like to get like in the characters you know face mm -hmm. and stuff like my favorite shows are better call saul and breaking bad and, and even the last of us as a game like it's so much quiet moments and like people's like what they're going through and so i try and like really get in on that and it's not just the word balloons and stuff so it was a really good fit um we've been doing it uh we're on we're, we're doing volume two right now we raised a hundred and five thousand dollars on volume one on kickstarter and i think volume two was like 120 i think maybe 120 
and we've also got Troy Little is doing all the cats. And mm-hmm. so the book has like three sections where it's like, I do the main story. Yep. Uh, Kevin does these awesome flashbacks on the classic um, duo shade paper that was used in the original Turtle comics. They don't make it anymore. And then Troy will do the hallucinations, which are um, like when the cats basically torment Shane for selling them and abandoning them. And, and Shane hasn't picked up a pencil in years. And instead, he's working on a, a Broadway musical. Broadway, of the Broadway famous, musical, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's working on a Broadway musical of the famous silent movie Metropolis. <laughs> so it's like, it's destined to be like turn off the dark Spider-Man uh, disaster. There's even like a fake Michael Bay in the book. Uh, there's a fake U2 in the book. Like, so it's it's a half, it's kind of half true. Kevin sprinkled, David's even sprinkled it with experiences they've had, funny stories from Comic-Con, tales behind the con kind of thing. But at the same time, if you know the turtles and you know the history, you'll see like those moments and you might even get a little bit more insight into uh, what was going on. I know I do, like when, when Shane is arguing with his brother or something, um, I'm just like, like I, I don't know what's, hundred percent or not of how things went with the turtles but you're like left to to ponder and kind of make it out for yourself and, and then at the same time you'll see you know things that those characters say that you're like oh man that they really were like the best of friends like and it's sweet yeah. you know i like that it's pretty funny too if, if anybody reads drawing blood it's like i don't know if anybody's ever seen um uh, now i'm thinking about i can't i've lost my train of thought but the 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 idea that it's not really based on him but it's like oh um on seinfeld um the uh, peter um uh, jay peterman how kramer sells his stories to jay peterman to tell the peterman story and some of them are real and some of them are not and he's like oh sprinkle things in here it's almost like not on purpose not to, to lie to people but it's cool that kevin eastman can tell the story uh with your help for the art is to tell the story of what the story is about what happened you know with the turtles and things like that but yeah. not just do a documentary or just a, a, a real book about yeah. the story it's like if it if it was a documentary or if it was 100 percent true you're limited by like do i really want to start shit with this person do i really want to like dox them publicly like like if it's a negative thing or yes. if it's a positive thing like oh is that you know something i should be sharing or something but at the same time you get to you get the opportunity to make it more fantastical and comic booky. Like we have Lithuanian gangsters and car chases mm-hmm. and gunfights and stuff. Like he's holding a, well, that didn't really a gun happen. on the cover. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> there was some wild stuff. I've heard crazy stories of him and Simon Beasley and stuff. And, and I think we're going to adapt some of that into it. Um, Cause his best friend in the book says Simon Beasley is Nigel Beastly. <laughs> and uh, it's just awesome. Like it's a great, it's- great fun book. It's really good. And the cool thing too is I bet, you know, you're writing all this, but you have to write all four of those issues or draw, illustrate all four of those Drawing, issues. Yeah. Um, all at once, basically, right? I and mean, you're writing, mm-hmm. is it going to be issue five, six, seven, and eight? Is that how it works? Is uh, volume two is yeah. going to continue? So we've, we've talked about options because I'm not a huge, I want every comic book store to survive and do well. But I think the fact of the matter is like, the process for ordering comics is just like so asinine. Like I'm going to leave my home, walk into the store, ask them to order this book that comes out in three months. Hope they remember to do it. When they do it, I'm going to come back in, get that book, go home and read. It's like, okay, like why are you making everybody work so hard? Like every comic store needs a website. Go, here's the diamond code. Tell us what you want. Email it in. We'll even ship it to you. Like it's not that hard. 
And especially with the virus and everything going on now, I'm hoping a lot of stores are going, oh, well, it's time to, you know, get on board with the future. Like, that's besides the point. So when we did uh, volume one, the, the idea was to do, volume one was for this Kickstarter exclusive trade, which is what this is. And there's only ever been this cover, this exact trade has only ever been printed, um, that minimum printing that we did for the Kickstarter. So anything that you see extra is like overprint mm -hmm. that we're selling personally at our tables and stuff. And so we, were, we went and we wanted to do that. And then we were like, okay, then we'll break it up into issues. And so um, Kevin is a very old school floppy comic guy. He loves variant covers. Um, he believes in the comic shops. And, and I mean, so do we all. But like, they got to help themselves too sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, the ones they can. And, and so we really wanted to do that as well. Obviously, the sales, you know, are great with ones, issue ones, and then kind of fall off. And so they were all great. Issue one was nuts. I think we sold 13,000 copies of issue one in stores. And that was after the Kickstarter and stuff. So we were psyched about that. But then when it came time for book two, we were like, okay, let's do the same plan. We'll focus on, you know, a volume of it. And it's yet to be decided if we're going to do issues and go to stores. We'll do, what we'll do is, you know, there's the Kickstarter version that all the Kickstarter people will get. And then no matter what, if we're not going to go to issue, we'll do another version of a trade that the general public can get. Cause we, we don't want to just like never print it again, you know? Um, but yeah, so we're deep, deep at work on that. Um, like everything like Amazon, it's late. <laughs> um, but it just takes forever and everything is a ripple effect. And like, we're all dealing with, you know, dread and uh, depression and all this stuff. And it's hot. <laughs> trying to draw on the heat. So we talked about it earlier that, oh, yeah. you know, Ben got a new yeah. air conditioner comes in in a little while, but um, yeah, it's cooled down. The, the question I would come to like, obviously maybe this is a question for Kevin, like at some point you run out of, you know, sprinkling in truth because at some point you end up, you know, what, you know, when a comic book becomes a TV show, you know, you're, you're walking deads for an example is so, they go along, they go along, they go along, they go along. And now at some point, you know, when Robert Kirkman says, screw it, I'm done. One ninety three is the last issue, but the TV show is still going on. At some point, it's not going to match up. So at some point, you know, or like you know, your orange is new black. At some point, they stop that TV show telling the truthful story or, or a fictionized version yeah. of the truthful story. Yeah. That at some point, Kevin Easton is not going to have those truthful things to sprinkle into it. Is is one of those things? Is he looking? I don't know. I mean, obviously, maybe you're not be able to say, but is he looking that this may be a continuous thing? That maybe there's a Kickstarter next year or two years from now. To do this, continuing? so that's, that's it, another that's another thing that's kind of up in the air, um, and just on the fact of a Kickstarter or not. Like, so for book one, he saw what I did with the aggregate um, on Kickstarter, and I was a big promoment proponent of like, let's just do it ourselves, let's do it ourselves. So it was Kevin Eastman's return to self publishing, which was like also like the greatest headline because it's like him and Pete. You can't find a a, a better success story for self-publishing ninja turtles is self-published the ninja turtle movie is like one of the highest grossing independent films of all time it's an independent movie no one wanted to make it it's crazy and like it's one of the greatest great just, honestly no matter what the, the superheroes so or whatever it's so good it's yeah. so good yeah. and it's nice it's short it's dark it's awesome the freaking henson is off the charts like so so to do that with the books, I was a big proponent of like, let's just kickstart it and then we'll decide what we do with it. You can always put it to shops later, yada, yada, yada. And then we did that for book two. And, and that was another thing that, you know, me and Troy Little were pushing for a lot because he's done it as well. And we had such good success with the first one. And then it was like, holy crap, this is a lot of work. Like Kickstarter is a lot of work too. And so we had this idea of like, okay, maybe with Drawing Blood 2, we'll just 
you know, keep going without Kickstarter because we've made enough off the first one and we have enough in the drawing boat account to, you know, produce at least um, the book. We think we'll see how we are once it's done after all this stuff. But um, so that might be something we do. We might jump right into three. Uh, I know I personally need to, you know, hit the ground running harder on even aggregate. It's hard to draw two books at the same time. So some, I'll cut my weeks sometimes. Um, so I might ask for a little bit of a break <laughs> uh, between drawing blood two and three, but I don't think there will ever come a day where um, Kevin has run out of ideas for me to draw. I think it's like, you can only draw so fast, you know, like best day you're doing a page and a half a day, like um, more likely it's just shy of a page or a page. Um, so you think about a 200 page book and it's like, Okay, well, best case scenario, that's two hundred days. Like, yeah, and that doesn't well, it's like, count. Yeah, you think about it, lettering, you printing, taking some time off, or doing other projects, or you know, you do a shipping day, which is going to take all your time up in that day. Yeah. And so you're talking that's a year at least, right there. Yeah, you need all the extra days yeah. and and people people hate to see that on Kickstarter. Like with the aggregate too, I I put my estimated you know delivery date, and it was two years later, like March twenty twenty one. People were like, was that a typo? And I was like, no, I mean that's probably generous because thing's gonna take forever and and with a book like the aggregate and drawing blood these are like i'm at a point in my you know life and career where i'm not done showing off like i want to get better i want it to be my best work um so i'm not going to just go oh we got to get it done got to get it done those people are waiting those people are waiting like i i care about that of course but at the same time like what's the point of giving them a crappy book so i want every page to be at least the best i can do right now like later on in life i might you know mess around with looser styles or whatever or less less detail might be cool um, but right now i, I want to do what i believe is like the best way i can do it and it takes a while it doesn't take longer than anyone else but it's just how long it takes um, i mean and, i think and, and i think people are don't don't want to go out as much either so the idea of doing a 300 page book you can buy one one edition of you know, it's not, you know, especially something new, you know, if I was going out there and they had the option of, you know, I read, you know, number comic books, but if like, you know, the new Iron Man or whatever came out and it was only in trade back, I might be like, eh, maybe not. I kind of like the idea of holding it like I'm Kevin Eastman, the floppy version of yeah. it or whatever, but something that like you, and this is how you created your, your, your first, you know, obviously Nathan, the pit gave him, but your first split decision comic book came out. This is the style it came out in. Then obviously yeah. this is even if you had decided at one point to do the aggregate one again in that like the first book is the beginning part the second book is like two a two b so you know like all the decisions that I you made I are individual you copies yeah. Yeah. and that would be badass that's what i wanted to do yeah but like this is how it came so out I, the first I, time so i know what to do what yeah. to expect so if you were to come out with aggregate two and it came out in any different format than this yeah, this is what no. I expected to come out in. So no, I want I want it to be like that, and it's it's a it's a product of necessity too, because I was think like a lot of shops and publishers like before I decided like I'm totally happy with decision for the rest of my life. Like as far as these books go, I don't need Oni, IDW, Image. Like I would take Image because they have huge umbrella, and I get all these new eyeballs and stuff. Um, but if they don't want it, I'd never I'd never see it as a failure. It's like I'm good because. They all want single issues. They're easier to sell at comic stores. And they're like, can you do the aggregate? I think Dark Horse asked me, can you, can you break this into single issues? We'd love it. And I was like, no, you can't because of the splits. Like, like how many different ways can you go in a 22-page comic? And so I, I always say, like, 
um, split decision, like the difference is big differences. Like I want you to be able to go all the way there and then to the front and like, and it was fun in the choose your own adventure books, putting your fingers in the page. Mm -hmm. and doing, like this comes with four bookmarks. Uh, uh, no, no, no. They um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. I'm going back. And like, and so you need it to be a big physical copy. But what you said about um, the various books, that's actually what I want. So if you were to draw like all the choices, like on a whiteboard or something, it would look like a tree, right? You know, I want the books to look like that eventually. You could put them all on the floor and go book one, and then book two is two books, and book three is three, and it like keeps going like that. And it's like grab the green cover um, with the cat on it, or the green cover with the robot on it, and the book would literally tell you where it goes. So, so you also have a version of book one before it tells you exactly where to go in book two, because on the third printing of book one, I'm guessing, I'll be right in line to know the page numbers in book two. And so all those will be very different than the one you're holding now, because instead of saying like, to be continued, it'll say like, turn to page uh, 300 in book two or something. It'll be so cool to just be like, okay, grab that off your shelf and, and keep going. And, and to your point about people stuck at home and wanting something to read, that's also why I love this, because you can read that book a hundred different ways is the most that someone's clocked it. I don't know how to do math, so I don't know if they're lying. I don't know if it's more, I don't know if it's less, but um, they've done all the different variations and they told me they read it a hundred different ways. And so it's pretty cool. Is it, you think it was after book two, you might do a book one and two together. That'd be kind of cool. If you did like a, like a humongous book. Yeah. I, like a, I had thought about like that. Usually, yeah. Usually it would be like three books, like a big trilogy. And every time I think about it, I'm like, I can't do book three for like 10 years. Like, <laughs> And so, so yeah, I might, I don't want it to look like I'm milking everyone, but I might put one together. That's like books one and two. And then when three is done, I'll do books one, two, and three. And might as well keep doing that until you've got a book that's like this thick and it's just absurd to open it's in a like three a ring binder Bible. like it's not yeah. actually like yeah it's got gold like trim on the sides and a big red ribbon and you know not a bible but <laughs> yeah well some people so, i don't right? know maybe i don't know maybe some people read it more maybe than yeah. bible. we might need but, a uh, post-apocalyptic bible pretty soon it's kind of cool to listen to your stories on that too because i i recently just decided that my fiance and i are going to try to writing a, our own graphic novel and we are going to take our time on it. We have a lot of other crap going on and obviously yeah. work and things like that. But like where our goal is to potentially take what we're going through right now and make it 10 times, a hundred times worse than we're going through right now. Like oh. a post-apocalyptic, but like yeah. shit really hit the fan. Like yeah. the government's collapsed and people are trying Dude, to survive. By the, time, and by the time you've written a hundred pages, it will all come through. <laughs> like I'm telling you. And then it's I'll sell crazy. it as a prophecy, man. That's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like the new... Uh, Nostradamus. No. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to name the guy from that, like, uh, suicide cult, but I won't go there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, the idea that, like, there is... I, I am a big Walking Dead fan. I'll admit that. And, and the idea of the Walking Dead version, but without the zombies kind of thing. Because, like, your walkers and your zombies make it unbelie uh, uh, not believable, whereas... Yeah, this is believable, especially what we all went through right now. Like we're all going through, like it's believable that this could have been a hundred times worse than it is now. And that like, yeah. we're not like, I don't have power right now because the electric people who work at the electric company all died. And I, I, yeah. just these things that could be so much cool in there. But I mentioned about how we wouldn't, I've seen my name, Justin in this comic book that you wrote that yeah. I want to put it in my own comic book, but I also don't because I don't want my name to be my own comic book. <laughs> so it's like that, that mixture of like, there's no bends yeah. in this comic book. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's weird to write your own name because you're like, yeah, it's exactly. overdone, but it's not. You just overdo it yourself. 
Ben is kind of overdone, but it's also not really cool, like heroic name. I think Justin's cooler. Yeah, you got um, But yeah, so like the, the 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 stuff that you've done and been able to be your own boss in a sense, like you were able to like we have this aspect that you have your Kickstarter, you know, backers that you have to listen to in a sense, like you know, you do take your time making it the right product the first time. So people are, I mean, people that got you just mentioned, people pay six hundred dollars to be in this book. Think how many things you could spend six hundred dollars on that that they decided yeah. to choose you, so that you would be the one that you know. You have to make them right. You have to do it right for those people. Um, yeah, that's why I don't want to waste it. You know. So there's this that aspect of uh, being able to do something that you're passionate about and love, but also have input from all these different people. I mean, you probably indirectly take in- input from your bish kids and you, you know, yeah. the people you see at cons and all that stuff too. So it's pretty cool that you're able to do your own, your own thing. But, um, one boss that's, you do have yeah. is Chris Morley. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the owner of Mason's brewing. Yeah. And so like, I, I know that, um, uh, we no longer are, and I won't get into any details. I don't know the story, but we no longer are distributed by the same distributor anymore. However, oh, okay. I do know Mason's. I've been to Mason's. My first time actually sitting down and having dinner with my fiance was on the patio at Mason's and Brewer. So oh, there is a small little connection. Brought there. you together. Yeah. yeah you got to exactly. go there every anniversary. <laughs> Your bone. Sweet potato fries. And she tells me right now she drank way too many oh. uh, rum and Cokes um that uh-huh. night but i was like well maybe that's what you made you fall for me i don't know maybe you were too yeah. drunk to actually that's, know <laughs> that's that's your drink that's got to be at your wedding Rami Coke. i mean uh, i'm sure but, it's at every wedding yeah yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah we're having a i designed a beer label for our wedding actually we have a beer uh, at oh, our wedding no. it's, a beer. it's it's a it's a beer we make right now we were gonna make original we were gonna make an actual beer based on me like i was gonna help with the recipe and do all this stuff it's just with all the times we went through with the past three months it was a lot of like making beer over again and putting in cans versus kegs and all it was a lot of more logis- yeah. logistics that went into it so what we did we we're making this beer called it was atp which stands for annual training plan it's 150 calorie low abv ipa um that was made we make it as a regular beer but we ended up changing it so my last name soderberg means south mountain oh, and wow. so we did i changed the name of the beer for four cases of beer to be south mountain ipa and i designed it That's after our wedding cool, invitation man. so we'll have that at our wedding it's our own beer it has awesome. like our wedding date on it and all that stuff. But um, That's so Ben, cool. Ben here also is the illustrator for. Do you do like I would say about ninety percent of their cans, right? I'm saying like I do a couple all. of the ones. Did you do the ones, even the ones like the cream ale, the ones that don't have anything yeah. on it, or do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So originally Chris had some uh, cans, and they were all kind of like a variation on a color. Like it would be like a green can, and the hop would be the the hop logo. Mm-hmm. This is another one that I just did, Orion. But the hop logo on his old cans would, would kind of change based on the can and the color theme would change. Um, and that's something he was looking to, you know, do differently. Um, but my first instinct, and I think I talked about this, we were just on the 207 main thing. I talked about it on there. But, like, because I'm a comic guy and a freaking toy collector, I have, I take pictures of this wall and people think I'm at the toy store. But it's like <laughs> I have the, the pegboard here. Like, so... I'm super collector of all things and I understand like collector mentality and how I can like walk into a Walmart and if I'm like, if I don't buy this now, someone else is going to get it and I'm never going to find it. I'm going to have this whole my collection. So, so it was like my idea that I pitched to him kind of just over drinks the very first night we met. I was like, you should have cans that say like, this is two out of four and people will go, where the hell is one? Like, where's three? Where's four? And like, and so they know, like got to collect them all. And so that also, 
you know, I can't really get excited about stuff as much in, until I put a character to it. So like a lot of the beers we do are based on characters that we've created together, like Wrecker, uh, Hipster Apocalypse is a character, Orion. Um, and usually it'll start with a name and then I'll find a way to make it a character. And Chris is like, that's sick. Like, um, but those other cans you're talking about, I've got some over here, are, are more basic um, just in the fact that they're the logo because I still wanted, he still had to do like a stout or a cream or something, but we weren't going to do like stout man or like anything <laughs> like that. Unless we came up stout. with a weird name. Yeah. So like the, these are the more basic cans, but they're always in um, different colors. So we'll have like a base color and then a hop color. And that's pretty much as far as those ones get. But I, I kind of like those ones myself too. This was the first one we did uh, hipster. And you can watch that. I mean, he did. Uh, ben was on Two Hundred Seven Main a little while ago. I watched that clip about yeah. how it became like how they ended up getting Stephen King rules on the T-shirt. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Coast City Comics sells this shirt called uh, that says Stephen King rules. I think it's like so Maine. You know, I love it. I think it was in the eighties. Was it in Goonies or something? It was in the eighties movie. I've seen it before. They also do another shirt that says Dean Koontz is okay. I guess <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, we got to put that on. And, and he was like, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can. Instead of like going through his lawyer and channels, he, he just messaged uh, Stephen King's page on Facebook and somebody wrote back and was like, we don't see any problem with it. Um, so this is double hipster where it's a double IPA version of the hipster. So we put in this chick and her shirt mm -hmm. is really funny. It says, uh, well, I'm planning on moving to London to open my own gluten-free bakery, but at the moment I'm just kind of laying low and working on my novel. <laughs> just like so hipster. I love it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that came together. I sold him on the idea of collectability, do a lot of character cans. Um, and he's told me it's, it's doing really well and, and people are really digging it and I'm liking it. It's a good um, relationship the way we've worked it out. It's like, it's dependable. I've been doing it for like almost three years now. Yep. Um, and and the cool, cool thing is like with us, with Orno Brewing Company and Relations, you, you decide to make a beer. I mean, we have, I have Don't Feed the Animals here. We did with the zoo, Portland mm -hmm. Zoo in uh portland maine the bar in portland maine which I we did. this is the first first four pack that we've done that's four different can labels oh, that's so, cool. so there's this one there's a, like a, a zebra and a cheetah and um i forget what the other one is that's but awesome. i've wanted uh, and then to I use the font that's the jurassic park font jurassic, yeah. so uh but the idea that you our hop is in the same spot in every can like it's the same the obc hop is right there the the design goes across there the india pale ales here you know everything's the same so we can recognize that it's our can the same thing with being the same illustrator on all your cans if you go into a damon's in bangor or, or like a beer seller in portland or, or, in, or in gorham you walk in there and you're like okay i know this is a mason's can because i could tell what the artwork is got mm -hmm. a pretty probably cool colors on it because i mean they use yeah. a lot of like popping colors with you know hipster pop-ups and that Ryan. Was, that was one of chris's biggest inputs like before i drew a line he's like what about like neon I'm like well you can't print neon i was like but i'll do my best <laughs> like and and so we're just always going extreme with them you guys are extreme the tiger style caught my eye obviously it reminded me of gi joe yeah. and i wanted it bad and then i actually like really really liked it um, so then i sent some i sent some yeah. in the mail illegally <laughs> yeah oh yeah well <laughs> um, um but yeah but yeah so it's pretty cool here. to see that little bit like the difference in like there's some people who are just all over the board like they're just people who like yep. they don't know where their avenue is and if you walk in there you see their cans next to each other on the shelf you might think they're two different breweries 
you may not yep. think that the exact same company. And it's like having you uh, beyond that. And part of that, me saying that is I'm just telling Chris right now, like he can't not have you as the artist anymore. Sorry. Cause if you don't, if you have someone else as the artist, then you're going to screw up all this like continuity he has going on. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to clip out that part and email it to him. Uh, but the the, no, the cool is, thing he, would be he, is we're if, really great friends. Like he, I don't think he has any interest in kicking me out as long as I don't turn into a dink, but I am very busy lately, so I'm kind of a dink. <laughs> but the idea that you also could, I would love the old Coed and Cambria version of it where there's a comic book involved in it. it would be kind of cool to like mm -hmm. create a comic book that's a Mason's comic book that's all these characters you've created over the time of, you know, three years. That We've been wanting to do that for a long time. It's just time. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I got to, I think if I could hire somebody to do it, who could just use me as like, oh, these are his designs, and, and they're doing kind of the grunt work of the panel to panel. It could really work, but such a control freak about everything, man. Like I want to do it, you know. Well, um, I had the same thing because one of the guys, the tubular can, wasn't me. It was a teamwork effort between another one of our uh, guys who designed cable uh, cans. I mean, with it, someone else, they designed the cans together, and and so to me, it's like after a little while, I got so overwhelmed with other stuff to do at OBC. There was times where it's like in the past. I worked for OBC for almost four years in the past, you know, two and a half years we've been doing cans. We've been like, oh, man, Hey Andy, can you do this can? I just don't have time. I have all this other shit going on so on and so forth. And then I see him do it and he sends us the label and I'm like, Oh, that's good. It's great. He's a great designer. But then I'm like, but it wasn't me. It wasn't, it's not my little touch on it or, or I would have chosen a different font or whatever. And we do have say in it because I do have yeah. control over yeah. that. But like, I just, there's times where I'm just like, yeah. now I'm like, no guys talk to me first. I'll do the can. If I don't have time for it, I'll make time for it. I'll give, I have a lead bartender that can do some stuff for me that I, my responsibilities, I'll give that stuff to someone else and I'll design yeah. the can. Let me do this. <laughs> I was going to say that is a great can. So he did a great job too. Did you do the new version that's black? Oh or yes, that that's me. Too? Yeah. 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 I like that one too. And, and it just so happens like I'm getting hit with all these sponsored ads for like black uh, neon gecko pants. You remember like those old crazy pattern pants like in the nineties? So you guys are hitting it like, right when everyone's seeing all that you know so and i cool. just bought an ipad yeah, pro back a couple months ago or a little like during this covid situation i bought an ipad pro so i've been able to just like sketch a little bit more now so i do a lot of my stuff in photoshop and an illustrator but just like all on the computer no no illustrations yeah. nothing it's all just graphic design um but hopefully i have a work in the works a new van life can that's me I have a sketch of a vw bus on it to do like the van life idea that i did a sketch on the ipad so this is my first Hopefully it gets released a, like a, a digital illustration of a can, uh, which is what you I mean you do. I'm guessing you do a lot of paperwork like on paper and then do it digitally. My, my or? final, my yeah. final, I do it the other way. So, okay. so ever, well, actually I do kind of back and forth. So all, all my roughs for the past like six or so years have been digital because I used to do it on paper and then it would be like, Oh, that face is amazing. I just wish it was this much bigger. And like now, I can, you know, pull it up. And so I still drew that face, but I was able to rather than draw it again, do something like that. Or like, I'll get an arm on somebody and be like, I want to tilt his arm just that much. And I don't have to redraw it. I can, mm. And so things like that. And then I print them out and I do the finals on paper. Cause not only do I like to have an original piece later, you know, for our retirement and whatnot, but the main reason is I li I can I've not found any like digital experience of like digging my mechanical pencil into a piece of paper and and like right now it's part of the reason why I need a AC is because the paper is behaving differently like it's crazy that I can pick up on it but like I I I have all these stupid sayings I realize every time I do a podcast but I 
I called it like as a joke to my buddy Bill and like following the river or something. So like when I do my first lines with the pencil in the paper, it creates a channel, like a microscopic channel dig in the, in the thing, like a river. And then when I go back to do line weight, and for those who don't know, if you were drawing this, this fist would have like a thick line on it to show you that it's closer. We're not made with lines, but that's how they do it in comic books. So then I would go back over those lines for my second pass of like what's forward, what's back. This stuff back here, I wouldn't touch ever again. Me, I'd probably do one more time. The fist, I'm dude, like a thick line. And because that had been dug in, I literally just follow the river. I, I push down again, but harder. And it just gives me the math I need for that line. And so like, there's nothing that replicates that on the computer where they're like, we see the lines you've already drawn. Go ahead, do it again. Like there probably is something someone will say like, oh, you should try this. But, uh, but I really like the tactile feel of that. Um, so I don't think I'll ever give that up. And then I scan them back in and I do the colors digitally. And that's what goes to print. Cause I mean, when you're pre when you're prepping something for print too, like you want it to be digital. If you send somebody a sketch and we're like, what can you do with this? They'd say literally nothing. Like, <laughs> so. Well, that's the, the thing it's is we did a can. I have it in the fridge actually. One last can that's pretty old. Yeah. I haven't even drank it yet. It was uh, called Welcome to Orno. And it was uh, mm -hmm. outside of our Orno Brewing Company building in, in Margin Street in Orno. We have a tractor trailer truck that has a lot of our empty cans in it because they don't have storage in the building. So we just had a tractor trailer truck there that was just sitting there. It was blank white tractor trailer truck. We're like, this is stupid. We own the tractor trailer. We bought it. It's like, let's get our artist. We have a, a painter. His name is Marty Reynolds, who actually lives, he lives in Portland, um, who has done the mural on our wall inside Orno Brewing Company and all that stuff. Let's have him come up and he'll paint this tractor trailer truck. And I had the bright idea. It was stupid that hey let's put this on a can and let's call it welcome to orono a beer called welcome to orono this would be pretty badass this is a badass painting let's put it on a can and then i was tasked on getting it on a can i'm like what the hell this is not gonna work and i'm like tell you what first of all it's a tractor trailer truck so it's super long so a yeah. can is only you know usually yeah, eight, eight and a half it. inches so like i can't it's written out it's not stacked the letters aren't stacked they aren't like it's just crap so we then had him come up. We're like, hey, come back up. And let's do it let's, smaller. Let's do it smaller, but I'll like make the same idea and don't put the lettering on it. I'll just match the lettering with a font and I'll do the lettering on it so that I can move the lettering around. Let's just do the background, you know, the hop and all this stuff. So I come in one day and he's, he's working and he's getting ready to work in the, the break room. We give him some space and I had to go do some other stuff and I came back later on. He was done with a board that was this big. And I was like, now you didn't help me at all. How the hell am I going to get that into the computer? That doesn't fit in a scanning bed right now. So then I had to go out and call a photographer. Yeah, you need a like, really good photo. Can you, can you take this board? I was able to trade a gift card to Orno Brewing Company. Can you get this board into high-res photo so then I could get it into the computer? But I was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. How much? Why did I come up with this idea? It was one of our most popular yeah. cans. But it was like, why did I come up with this idea to try to get this tractor trailer truck onto a can? Now you know what like painters go through. Like they have to get their shit professionally photographed. Otherwise they're posting terrible photos on Instagram and stuff. And, and you can imagine how like meticulous and um, precise they want to be with the colors and things that they've done. And like, man, that would suck. Like I tried painting for a while and I was okay at it, but I was so impatient with the whole process. It's like oil takes forever. And I was like, an acrylic drives too fast. I was like, I'm just going to use pencil. And I don't even really use ink. Like I use ink on my commissions, which you've seen, but every comic page you've ever seen for me is just 0.5 mechanical pencil. I don't use any. Um, and I just like it better. Mm -hmm. Like 
does what I want it to, and it's fast, and it looks fine. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. What's what cool about an iPad for someone who's getting into drawing, this is definitely something that you can do that you don't get frustrated and how bad you may be at the beginning. Because I feel like when I was starting to draw a little bit and illustrate, it was like you're getting, you get frustrated with what you're looking at, and you're crushing up a bunch of paper, like you said. But this is like, oh, I didn't like that line. And you can just erase it or, you know, yeah. procreate or anything like that. You can just like tap away and say, get rid of that line. I just didn't do it over again. And yeah. so like it does help you learn how to draw a little bit um, so that you can then eventually, eventually maybe it, use a mechanical pencil it, to draw. It, it gives you the freedom to erase. Like, so this is what I tell kids at school all the time is I say, like, draw lightly like, because I drew very dark and all my artist friends were just like pressing down so hard. And what that does is if you mess up, you either keep it and you work with it and you accept it or you throw it away and either start over or don't. But with the iPad or a Cintiq or something, it's like, it's like two fingers and it just takes away that line. Um, and so that's why it's a great place for me to do roughs because I can try all these new things. I'm trying like poses that I wouldn't risk on paper when I know like you've only got seven times you can erase this whole thing before you just destroy the paper. You know what I mean? And so like I've been home the past three days um, because the AC here um, isn't here yet. And they have a little one at home, but it's a smaller space. And, and I've been drawing um, commissions and stuff on sketch covers. And even today, like I would draw, uh, I would draw like, I'd say, okay, I need to draw this, this Ninja Turtle. I'm going to have a fist coming forward. And I would draw like the perfect fist and get up the arm and like get to the face and then go, well, what are his legs doing? And then I would draw like the perfect leg, but it didn't match that. And I would erase everything I did. And I would do that whole process where like, if you were watching it on time-lapse, you'd see like a hand and you'd be like, oh, that's dope. And then it'd be gone. And then you're like, oh, a leg, well, oh, that leg's cool. Oh, the foot's really, oh, it's gone. And like, and I did like seven poses for like the same turtle before I found one. Cause that's how I work digitally. But on paper, it's like, you better figure this out pretty soon because you're chewing this thing up. Do you and find like yourself drawing on uh, commissions on comic book covers and then tapping your fingers, hoping it would go away? It happens. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't happen that often. But I go. I always think about. I go. Man, I wish I could just freaking. And sometimes I'll stick with a cover. Like I'll go. Well, I'm not going to start over. You know. And I'll. And that's not a good way to go about it. I can usually make the best out of it. Or that one I end up just keeping or something. But. Like that's a real benefit of the the freedom of erasing or, or undoing when you're working digitally and that's why i love it in the beginning and the end set like mm -hmm. you get to try a lot of stuff that you wouldn't try when you only have five or six times to do it um, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool it's been a it great is pretty cool and it's like it got me back into illustrating a little bit i feel like i got too frustrated yeah. with like i've been doing graphic design for so many years that again it's not it's not double tap or tap to get rid of it it's just you know undo and you undo what you did or you move something from point a to point b that text doesn't look very good straight on you know let's put it at a tilt or the text is the letters are too far so let's let's put the kerning together and so on so there's been a bunch of things that i've been able to do and then you take that freedom i would say away and then you go into drawing on a piece of paper and you're like you don't have that freedom anymore you've got to do it right the first few times yeah. or it's not any good anymore and so when I got the iPad Pro, it was very helpful. The only thing I will say is I use GoodNotes as like a notebook. And GoodNotes is double tap to, get, to undo. And uh, Procreate is Procreate's one tap to get two yeah. fingers, but once to get rid of. Two so you're like, fingers, you're like yeah. why isn't this deleting? And you're like, oh, wait, I have to double, like, double tap it. I don't think we're far away from 
So what Wacom Cintiqs do, have you ever used any of those? I haven't used yeah. that yet, but I looked into them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what they do is you can program your hotkeys or your commands across the board. And I, I see iPad doing that too, where you could say like, every time I pick up my iPad, double tap in any program is the same as like control V or whatever, you know, to undo. Um, it would be cool too because you could double tap like it might go back in a Safari page or, or something like that would be kind of yeah. cool too because it yeah, goes back not? basically. I think, I think you'd be able to set it too. Like it's like for this program, it does this, for this program, it does that. Because you can do that on the Cintiqs because um, I never use undo or redo on, the, on Photoshop on the buttons because mm. I change it to step backwards, step forward. Because if you do undo, redo, you'll keep hitting it, but it only goes one step. You step backwards, step forward. You can like pop, 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 and like go like twenty minutes into the past, you know, and see if you liked it better or not. But but typically, like when I'm working digitally, I didn't really undo anymore. I just use a thousand layers. Like I'm just like mm-hmm. I might want that later, and I'll label it like Shane Bookman's face, uh, Shane Ruff, like good hands. If you ever need a hand again, get that layer and just bring it up to the other one, like uh, which is also beneficial. Yeah. Save paper this, too. Yeah. The cool thing about Procreate too uh, is that it, it easily exports into Photoshop. So I was able to like, we did a beer called Gratitude that's coming out soon. And it's uh, basically, I sketched out the hop with using the pencil on Procreate. And then I wrote a little, I used a back lined paper, like a, like a, in a notebook. And then I wrote Gratitude across it in a nice thick marker pen, pencil, like whatever. And then wrote a little note on it and a to and from. And the whole idea is like, thank you for doing whatever to me in my life. Uh, thank you for getting through this COVID with me or whatever. And the idea is that you fill out, you know, to Ben Bishop from Justin and you give you a can of beer. And the That's idea cool. is like a, almost like a personal written thing. And I was able to just create it in, 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 in Procreate. I, I imported a label so I knew where my formats were. My, my, my rules and all that stuff were and then I would just draw you know draw on it then I exported it out to Photoshop and I was able to just like on my computer you know oh I think that gratitude to the left about an inch would be great and you know maybe I need this and I forgot we needed the independent brewers logo on there and I was able to move things around which was very easy to do which is pretty cool if I just drew it on a piece of paper yeah. it'd basically be in that spot always so well, it's, it's the exact example you gave with the trailer like that was all fixed the the, you couldn't move that text it was on top of a painted image and like so if only that text was separate you'd have a lot more freedom and so using layers and procreate or photoshop is like it's a huge game changer i am constantly looking for ways or utilizing ways to go back and forth like when you were saying gratitude and like the handwriting style like you could literally if you knew you were more comfortable with your hand and this specific highlighter or something that you had around you could write it on paper take a photo with your iPad and then draw over the exact thing that you just wrote, you know, or just vectorize it and pull it around and put yeah. it wherever you want it. Like, so I think it's all about finding the ways to do both in conjunction with each other to get the best result. Like so many people out there still think, Oh, you do that digitally means like you typed in a bunch of like numbers and then it printed out somehow you're still it was, drawing it. In fact, it it's was harder for a lot of people to draw digitally. <laughs> this is a pencil. It's still a pencil. It's yeah. called an Apple pencil. Yeah. And that's still like, you know, you, you, yeah. I'm still drawing with a pencil. <laughs> yeah. The only benefit to that is you don't have to sharpen it, but you also don't have an eraser. So there's the pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found yeah. myself flipping the thing around trying to erase yet though. It hasn't, hasn't happened yet. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I, on the Wacoms, you can, you can oh, flip really? it and erase. So I'm used to that. And so sometimes my mind when I'm on the iPad will go there, but then I remember and on the new ones, you can just double tap it or something. But I guarantee you that's... 
you know, one or two pencils away where they finally just do it. Yeah. Well, I had the, I have the pencil too. I, I, it has a double patch feature, but I rotate my, like when I go to draw, I finagle my hand oh. a lot more. So it, and all of a sudden I look down on the line that I just drew is deleted because it thought I was double tapping the pencil. So I just got rid of that altogether. Now it's just a pencil. That's interesting. This is another like super inside drawing that only people that draw might get or care. But I do that with the real mechanical pencil because the lead actually changes. If you're looking on a microscopic level, you've been drawing on this side of the lead, like you're going to get that. So I flip it like instinctually because I know, okay, I got to do like some fine stuff now and it's already sharpened for me. Like, and so I'm constantly flipping it based on how that pencil can draw. And it's like so intuitive. Like, like people can learn to draw and learn anatomy and learn how to render and stuff. But like until you start doing shit like that, I'm not saying you're not good, but that's when you're like in the zone and you're like, okay, this is how, like, you don't even think about it. And that's really exciting stuff. That's what happens to anyone who gets used to digital too. You're using the, the key commands like a freaking musician or something. Well, I just um, laughed because I was laughing at my fiance. I'll, I'll throw her under the bus a little bit here. Um, but she was working on some stuff for our wedding. We have a questionnaire for our photographer. And I was, we were talking about some things and she was doing, she was right clicking and putting paste and right clicking and putting paste. And I'm like, control V, what is yeah, going on is, right yeah. now? <laughs> but she's just like, I don't know. I just never did it. She uses AutoCAD. She's an engineer. So she uses AutoCAD. She knows all the shortcuts for AutoCAD, but she doesn't use the connect like i'm just like i was like it was like infuriating me in a sense i was like oh my god why are you not you i just think that the guy who created control c and control v years ago was a genius yeah. it's made it so much easier in my life and there's like key commands for almost everything and those are like the popular ones um mm -hmm. i actually do the wacom pen has a button on it that you can set to whatever you want so i set it to right click so that's a big part of my process too because i can hover right over any layer and just hold that button and then go like duplicate, delete, whatever, uh, uh, add to group. Uh, so that has been super useful, but Apple's never put in buttons on their pencil. So I'm not banking on it. Um, hey, but, was, it, it but, but Steve Jobs said there would never be a stylus for, for an iPad yeah. either. So he didn't think that they would ever, ever be so good at drawing on the iPad. Like the responsiveness is nuts. I think you get a more realistic drawing experience from the iPad than you do on my 32 Cintiq. I like the 32 because I can do these big, huge freaking lines. And I have all this screen real estate to put up reference and other pages and stuff. But when I'm drawing on the iPad, it's the closest thing to drawing on paper. Uh, tactically and, and mm -hmm. responsiveness, I think. Just got to get the right brushes. And Anyone I do out use there, uh, like apple h when i hide my photoshop and, and illustrator but illustrator is the only See, I program didn't even know apple I h because i have a mac on my macbook i don't like in order to hide like if i go to my mail and i use apple h to like hide the mail so they go to the next program so instead of minimizing or anything like that i use apple h which like hides the program it kind of like minimizes it but it puts it in the background and i was having a discussion with andy hurt the other guy that helps with some of the cans for obc i said dude the new Photoshop I just downloaded for a Photoshop CC doesn't Apple H hid your guidelines. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? For freaking they 10 years, it it's like, it's yeah. been Apple H. So I was, had the, it on my old computer. And then when I got my new computer, I downloaded Photoshop CC again, brand new, uh, obviously a brand new version of it. And I went to press Apple H just instinctively to hide it. And it was like, Apple H does something else now. Do you want it to do this thing? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you just oh, have to change cool. the settings. You, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so, that, yeah, so the, that was on my mind. But yeah, the, the, the iPad is definitely one the of the best things Photoshop, I purchased. 
the latest Photoshop or maybe it was the last update, they finally changed it. So when you do free transform, for people who don't know, it's a way to scale something that you've drawn. Um, so if I drew that face too small, like I said, you can grab a corner of it and just blow it up or shrink it down or spin it around or reverse it, whatever you want to do. But until the last update or the update before the last update, um, you would grab a corner and it would be like wonky, stretch and skew. And everyone would constantly have to hold shift because it's like, no, I don't want it wonky. No one ever wants it wonky. We want to scale it, not stretch and skew. And now they've switched it. So if you press uh, shift, it goes, whoa, it gets all fucky. And so I've been like getting used to that, but it's like something I'm thankful that they changed, but I have to like, wrap my head around it again. It's going to take six months of using your Photoshop for it to actually yeah. register. Same thing me. I'll do it. Luckily, when you're doing it, you're, you're, you're dragging and you realize it's wonky. All you need to do is press let go of shift and yeah. it will go back to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only, there's a couple things Procreate does better than Photoshop. Um, you can do, um, okay, there's a couple things Photoshop does better than Procreate for sure. It's the straight lines is huge mm -hmm. for me. So you hold down shift and you can draw yeah. straight up and down, uh, vertical and horizontal, uh, which is great for panel borders if you're doing comic books. Um, procreate you can do it you have to hold two fingers and you can do it but it's not as seamless um, you got to hold two fingers and then it'll like want to snap to wherever you are so that's been troubling but I usually do when I'm doing roughs on procreate they're more rough than they would be on my other computer but it's it allows me to be on the road at conventions or at home when I have no AC and just still get work done I like to make it so I have no excuse to not do anything like I have two desks at home um, just like I do here, I've got a computer at home, got iPad. So you try to try to not let yourself get away with slacking off as a self-employed person. Well, that's just true. And it's like yeah. one of the things that you would always say is like, I could have bought a MacBook or an iPad or a MacBook or some MacBook, like an Apple computer, like an Apple mini or whatever, a desktop computer or a good work, well-working um, desktop Windows computer even um, to do all my design on. But it's like, now I'll go out and we'll spend $2,400 on a laptop that is robust enough for me to do my design work on oh, it, but yeah. I can close it and bring it home with me. So now I don't have any excuse, you know, everywhere I go, if, you know, you know, my the fiance and I are going camping or whatever, I can always have it with me. So if something's going wrong at work or I need to, you know, I need to start working, we're out in the middle of the woods, but I need to do some design work because I need some like natural feel around me or whatever. I can still work on it and it's all in one spot. The cloud's helpful, yeah. but like, I just don't, all my stuff is stored in a hard drive or locally on most of the stuff because it's just like dealing with the internet. I don't want, I don't want to have to create connection to the internet. So I could be like in my car somewhere, pull up a file, work on it. And then if I need to, I can hope my hotspot, my phone to send the file or to, Oh crap. It is an email I could download it or whatever. Yeah. But like I had having that I had portability. That. And I had to do that with the, with the Raphael story we did like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's all due, it's all due. And so we're all like rushing and rushing to do it and we get the final stuff done. And then we're like waiting and I'm on the road. Like I'm, I, was, I don't remember why, but I was in Vermont and there's no service where I was. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Oh, I was on my way back from um, Kevin Eastman Studios in Northampton because I just signed like 180 drawing blood books or something. And I, instead of taking like, the cruddy Massachusetts way I went through like Vermont for a second and it happened to be like right when they needed changes on a couple pages 
So I turn my phone to a hotspot. I have my computer plugged into my freaking light, uh, lighter outlet. And I was just like, okay, here we go. And I did it all in my car at like some restaurant parking lot. And it's great to be able to do that. It's also great to not work sometimes, but yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other part. Future. It's like, I, I have to, we're, we're, we are looking to buy a house at some point and there's a house on margin street. We're 61 margin street for OBC. It's 107 margin street. So it's like, it's down the freaking street and everybody around me is like, you're going to be too close to work, man. You're going to be too close to work. And I was like, you know what? my work goes everywhere with me. So whether I'm a block away from work or if I'm at home or in, you know, Arizona or California or whatever, I'm always going to have my laptop with me. I'm never going to be working like, Oh, I got to work for six hours on the road. But if I'm not at home, there's always a time, like you were just saying with your book, you need to do a couple things or whatever. There's always a time, Hey, Justin, this is not showing up on our register. Okay. Log on to our server, add somebody to the register. Bam. It takes me 30 seconds, maybe a minute five minutes but it gets done and it's like the the capability of traveling with things for someone with back-end computer issues has been able to be done for years it hasn't been until more recently that someone like you who's an artist who has to draw comic books for a living has even been able to actually do that i mean there hasn't been yeah. I mean, there has been like been tablet things but like the, yeah. having something like an ipad pro or along those lines has not been it's all this yeah. is all within the past couple of years kind of thing yeah, I've been working on being as um, able to work portably as I am at home or at the studio for a wicked long time. The first portable tablet I bought was called the Axiotron Mod Book. It was this awesome third-party company. <laughs> Have you heard of it? No, but they, it's an awesome they, name. You remember those plastic white MacBooks? They ripped the screen off. They ripped the keyboard out. They put the screen where the keyboard was, and they put this like aircraft metal all around it and it held a pen and it basically turned your macbook into a tablet it was the hottest thing you've ever put on your thigh uh it got so hot the plastic cracked and like the things would warp but they it, no one had ever tested them except us like there was like a thousand people or two thousand people that got them lasted me as long as it could got the job done wasn't awesome but that was back in like 2010 and it was like okay, I'm trying to figure it out. And then I got the, the Wacom Companion, which was their answer to that. And so instead of a big Wacom tablet that hooks up your desktop, it was one you could take with you. But that was all PC-based. The actual computer on it was Windows. And I wanted to kill myself because it's so unintuitive and shitty. So I hate all you Windows people. I pick up my computer to draw and it's like, we're going to force you to do this update. It's going to take three hours. There's nothing you could do about it. And you're like, okay. And not awesome. to mention it came with a power block like this fucking big and you're just like, than the actual travel with this. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone who got a companion was like, I made a mistake and they're trying to resell it and stuff. So then, you know, the iPad was coming up and, and things were getting there, but it was really just like, if you're on the road, you're not working as well until now. Like it's actually possible. Like artists are doing, they're going out of their way to prove that it is a workable device for real work. Like they're doing, billboard size illustrations on an ipad that are in times square and they're just like yeah see resolution's there in fact it's even better sometimes than what you can do yeah and you can also because you can also create those vectorized images that are small that you can actually scale up to be massive yeah. things which you can't like you don't have to draw you don't have to go out there and paint the tractor trailer truck no. in the future yeah. i could do all that on an ipad with the paint and then print it out in a massive scale to put on the thing it's like yeah. but but we've been talking a little bit too much nerdy things about uh, 
it's iPads true. and stuff like that. And but uh, I really appreciate. I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, tie things up here a little bit. Um, so sure, man. Fish Kids Club is something, and you only allow that to be joined at a certain time, or can you join any time? I don't. I joined no. at a certain time at. You can join it. So the Bishart Kids Club, bishartkidsclub.com. You can read all about it. B-I-S-H-A-R-T. Um, you read all about it, and it's a monthly, uh, monthly subscription kind of membership thing. But the boxes ship quarterly, so every three payments you get a box. Um, there's tiers where you don't even get a box if you just want to either support or get a discount code. Everybody gets a discount code um, for at least 10% off everything every time you see me or um, online. Uh, but yeah, you can you can join any time. But if you join mid-quarter, you won't be charged until the first month of the following quarter. So that's pretty awesome because you could join now and, and you won't. The next following quarter is actually July 31st. So you don't have that much of a window to not to, to be in it for free. But um, that way you'll be right on track for the next box. So some people join in the middle because they saw something that came out previously. And they're like, man, I really want that. And it's like, well, sorry, that was part of the other box. But what happens is, like I said, I had like I have just shy of a hundred members, so I'm doing hundred print runs right now, and so those extras are going up into the members only store. So even if you have missed stuff, you can cherry pick right now. But pretty soon, that might not be the case. Like it'll be the case every now and then. But once we hit hundred members, I can just do a hundred print run. When we're at like 125 members, I'll probably do 150 print run, like et cetera, et cetera. So there'll always be a little bit of overflow, but it ebbs and flows. Um, but yeah, Bishart Kids Club. Uh, you get a you membership uh, discount code. You get quarterly boxes. The highest tiers, you get commissions. I know you're looking for an original piece of art. The highest tiers are limited, though, because my time is limited. <laughs> so I think there's only eight, eight spots. Uh, somebody today, actually, two guys from the club actually switched spots just so the other one could get a commission, which is super cool. Like, the group is so mm -hmm. nice to every to each other. Um, they talk constantly. The Facebook messenger has been constantly. Like, it's been like this unexpected thing. Like I had no idea it was going to create this sort of like camaraderie. And like, if someone's looking for a book, like how much is this worth? Or do you guys have access to this? I told people today, I was like, if you see the new Casey Jones, Raphael two pack at Walmart, can someone grab me one? And like, we're always helping each other out. Um, that's stuff that I never expected to happen. When we get together at cons, it's like a family. We do like these big dinners and it's amazing. And we it's, probably won't be able to do that when we hit like 500 people. So we get on the ground, ground floor. You have to yeah. rent a hall. Yeah, it'd be fun. But it's but, funny too, because yeah, like awesome. even listening to you talk to, to uh, uh, Troy Little and Kevin Eastman and stuff like that, they gave you a little bit of shit for your able to start up this, like you call, well, your gang. You know, you have your little yeah. gang, your little club that you had started that, you know, we're all here to protect Ben. If anybody tries to hurt Ben, we're all here to defend him. <laughs> There's a couple guys in the group who are total mob mentality. Like literally, I think they're in the mob. And they're like, you want me to do something? You want me to roll up on them? And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Like I try, very, I, I try very hard to not let it become a cult. I want to go on record that saying that was never the intention. If that happens, it's on them. It's, it's not, not them. Me. It's not me. You're, you're changing yeah. your name. It's not the Bishart Kids yeah. Club anymore. No, we, yeah, we joke, we joke about it a lot, though, the Bishart Kids cult. It's not, not the intention. Uh, and I talk them off of that. <laughs> pretty often they just look out for each other sometimes too fiercely and i and i do i check i have it open on my facebook so i have like the little tab at the bottom that's the one that stays always open but it is yeah. muted 
it had to be muted. Yeah, I couldn't do like too, so. Yeah. So, but like, I'll go on and I'll like scroll up and look through. Like, I'll check it regularly. Like, almost like you're checking your voicemail or your messages. But like, yeah. I would I'd check it regularly. But it is something that I'm like, okay, some of these people just don't do anything else but talk to each other on the on the, the chat. It's just oh awful. yeah yeah. And and the other thing they do, another unexpected thing that came out of it is they just are so mean to me. <laughs> and it's all in it's all in good fun. But they're like, hey Ben, where's my commission? Blah, blah, blah. Like just like all giving me shit all the time. Where's aggregate too? How's that going? Oh. We pay to be your friend. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's hilarious, but it's like, come on. It's like, leave me alone. Uh, but I did the same thing. My buddy Josh opened Queen City Cinema Club in here in Bangor. It's like a, like a yeah. private movie theater where you can like rent a theater and watch a movie and play board games and video games. And I gave him, he was a bartender at a bar that we sold our beer to in, uh, at Blaze in Bangor. And I would go up to him every time, like, so when are you going to open your shop? So when are you going to open yeah. this place, huh? And he'd be like, what the hell, what? man? Come on. So then he opened it. And like six months after he opened it, I'm like, I can't believe you're still in business, man. Yeah, just like so mean. Yeah, but but it, but it's like a loving mean. Like yes, if I were to get like really upset, like they would. I don't think they'd stop, but they'd go, "Hey, I was kidding," and I go, "Okay," and then they do it again in a couple of minutes. But um, they are contributing to my anxiety and stress. <laughs> but it's cool. I think it is because you know, there's just a lot of things out there that are like Patreon that just that you don't like you just support these people because you like them and they give out like a lot of them are podcasts. You give out this podcast for free. But obviously they need to support it and they don't have enough advertisers or whatever. So they're like, hey, give us five bucks a month because you like listening to it. You know, it is free, but, you know, thank you. And a lot of times they'll do like special podcasts here and there. But it's like having this idea that this club is – I also uh, am subscription to uh, the Marvel Collector Core, which is like the box that you get the fine pops and stuff like that. And like, I did that for a little bit, yeah. And it's really cool to get that. And a lot of times I feel myself that only nowadays – excuse me there has to be a certain pop for me to actually go out and buy it now. Like it's now it's to the point where like I got, I have too many of them and it's like, I don't need any more of them. And I'm not the kind of guy that's like keeping them in the box because they're worth a bunch of money. Like I don't like a lot of these, I don't care. The only one I actually still have in the box is the child from Mandalorian, the baby Yoda. I still have that one in the box. So I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's over on the shelf in the corner, but, um, you might but, yeah, yeah, if this, you ever this, have second thoughts, that can be the one you get two of. Yeah. Like, and so I like, I, um, I got some really Black Widow ones the other day and I was just like, you know what? I probably would never have purchased these like going to the store to buy them, but it's like, okay, every quarter or every two months, I think it is now, I just get it in the mail and it's pretty cool. And a lot of times they're unique ones. Like I have a Mysterio that lights up and you know, there's some cool ones that come into it. Um, but that's like just a corporation that's just sending the shit out. It's not like there's no heart involved in it. There's no connection. I don't know anybody else that's part of this collector course. So I can't talk to them and like, I, I love that i love that about it and we never expected it like it was so crazy like the, the amount that they talk to each other like i thought about like building a forum or something and i was like we'll just use facebook messenger and like they like we all talked we say good morning we say good night like they schedule zoom calls it's fucking awesome like it's so cool the creepiness um, is when they're at when they're looking looking in your window saying good night that's when it's yeah, across the yeah, line yeah well yeah <laughs> It's something that I've got to consider because, like, we're still very small, like, uh, under 100 members. But, like, how personal do I be when we're, like, 500 or 1,000 or something? Like, I, I'm always going to – it's an experiment. I'm always going to try to be because I think that that's one of the cool things about it. I think that's what they like about it. Um, so I'm always going to try and make sure that I'm there and talking and interacting and, and, you know, sharing exclusive stuff and hopefully there's no moles in there that are just there to like sneak it out or something. But like, I, I want to do that. And, and I found that that's been good for me. That's been huge for me on Instagram is to like split my Instagram between art, but also like 
I'm a real dude. I'm grilling. These are my cool dogs. And people are like, whoa, I've got a dog like that. And like, we talk about other stuff. It doesn't have to be like, here's a page I did. Here's a page I did. Here's There's so many artists like that. It's like, it gets kind of stale, I think. I would also, I think about what I like from my favorite artists. Exactly. And there's some artists that I follow that I absolutely love. I mean, one of my tattoos is Scotty Young, who did the Run oh, yeah, the Jewels yeah. Pistol in the Fist. Mm-hmm. But he it's funny how his progression was. If you look back on his Instagram, like a long time ago, it was like mostly him and his kids and his wife and doing this, that, and the other. And then recently it's been like daily sketch and like the past couple of months, it's just been a bunch of artwork. And it's like, you lost that. I love Scotty. He's one of my favorite artists, but like as you progress, it's like now it's just his art over and over again. It's the same thing we deal with with Orno Brewing Company. It's like, after a while people don't want to just see pictures of cans of beer like after a while people don't want to just see someone drinking a beer you gotta sometimes post a picture of a sunset and just be like dude this yeah. state's freaking amazing look how awesome the state is yeah, You're with, in this a, cool with state. a caption with a caption that's actually from your brain and yes it's, you know, it just makes a, a little bit more post. sense yes yeah yeah for me i think what it'll turn into best case scenario is like maybe my i don't see my instagram getting overwhelmed because i can post whatever i want people can take it or leave it but like for the the more like, okay, here's sneak peeks or, oh, I had a shitty morning and like I'll vent and like rant about like, oh, this person wants me to turn everything to a vector. Vectors are stupid. No one needs vectors. Like fuck vector, fuck Adobe Illustrator. Like I'll say that to the club. Like, so if you want to get that personal experience, at some point the club will be the only way. And that's not intentional. That's just a byproduct of the growth, hopefully. I mean- it's your family, though. Club. It's your extended yeah. family. It's not, it's, yeah. you have your actual family, you have your wife, and you have your actual relatives and people, but like, it's a family that you get to have that's in it your, is. like, it's my beer family. I don't, I mean, there's a main Brewers Guild Facebook board that we post, like, hey, I need a bag of grain or I need this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, it becomes that family that, you know, I am also in a group called the Hop uh, uh, family. I forget the name of the whole group, but it's like, we're, it's beer people who just talk about, hey, do you see this brewery opening or you see this brewery closing or, you know, this beer has this cool beer coming in. I'm going to this beer dinner. I am going to have people over and drink beer this weekend. You're creating that in a comic book thing because those people in that Bish art, including myself, I haven't taught most in there because I'm obviously very busy recently. But like, yeah. they talk about not just comic books that you're involved in. They're, oh, they're yeah. talking no, about they're, comic books in general. And they're showing me commissions they've got from other people. They're shooting the shit about like, hey, just so you know, this person takes commissions but they take forever and they don't respond to me and things like that and so like they're i'm not going to join in like talk smack about other guys in fact i'll i'll usually be like well i'm sure they're really busy you know there's no excuse for not responding and just pretending they didn't get the mess yada 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 but but like they'll let each other know about what's going on and i think that's good for the industry to be like you know and you can learn that too like if you know that like oh crap i noticed that there's like three different people who said that people haven't uh, communicated I've been slacking a little bit on communications. Maybe I'll step that up a little bit. So you're not one of those people either, which is kind of cool. You learn from the experiences. Yeah. It's, it's a big like R and D group a little bit. Like you're, I do do that. Like you mentioned earlier about like kind of a focus group or something or getting like back in in my headphones died, but can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, getting that feedback, like I don't specifically use it for that, but every now and then if I'm stuck on something or I just want them to have a contribution the same way Kickstarter backers like having a contribution, I'll be like, we'll cover you guys by it. And they'll say, oh, use this one instead of that one. And, and I'll go with it and it's cool. And if I were in a club with an artist I really like, I would think that was, you know, and I like, there's artists in our group too that 
some of them can draw like just as good as me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you start group. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that your headphones dying is actually a good sign that we probably should wrap this up even more. But so Bishop's Kids Club is an awesome thing. I just started, so obviously I'll I'll give an update on a, f- a future podcast on how well the, the box the came box out. Yeah, I'll do an unboxing. There you go. Uh, and then um, you have bishart.net, which you can find out more about you website. and your projects, but you can also buy um, some pretty cool stuff that's on there, some uh, prints, some comic books. You know, Most of the yeah. things are signed or yeah, one of a, a kind. There's, or... there's a store link in there that links out to my store, and, and I keep my store pretty heavily stocked. I pay for a lot of items, so I'm using them. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I go on there almost every week just seeing what there is, and I'm adding things to the cart and seeing if I want to buy it and all this stuff. So it, it's – yeah, it's so it's pretty fun. And you can also follow uh, Ben on most social media. You're at Bishart on Twitter and Instagram, right? And you have yep. Facebook pages. Yep. I won't link your Facebook page. Um, so I, I like to link Instagram and Twitter, but, like, if you yeah. want to find Ben on Facebook, I'm sure he'll let you add him as a friend. But I'm always like, at yeah. some point, you get to a point where you have too many people on your Facebook page. That yeah, like... I mean, for now, for now, it's it's fine if you want to do it. I say, yeah. if you're going to join the club, definitely send me a friend request because yeah. I got to add you to the group yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, we have some mutual friends. I'll probably accept it. I haven't hit my limit yet, so. Well, I think uh, they keep updating that because I feel like I added someone. I used to uh, promote a festival and. When I used to go to that festival, there was a guy that I added. He was at like the the one thousand friend mark or whatever at one point, and he had to like start like going through weekly and deleting people that really or either don't have a Facebook profile anymore or whatever because he couldn't get there. But I feel like Facebook now has like it's like ten thousand is the limit or something like that. So here's the breakdown: my Twitter. Don't follow me on Twitter if you don't want political crap. It's the only place I go political. Facebook is like a little bit in between where I'll like post something kind of passive aggressive that might be political, but it's also the place where I port my stuff from Instagram. So if you just want art and dogs and grilling and beer, uh, Instagram is places to. Or if you want an update on how the dam building is going, yeah, on the river behind. Yeah. They, they <laughs> shut and through off those windows river. over there. Yeah. I've got this whole awesome river, and I've been here for like two months, and then they blocked it off because they're pulling out an old dam because it used to be like crazy rapid. Hopefully it'll be all smooth when they're done, um, and I can kayak right from the parking lot. I can just so that'll be nice. But, but it's just kind of funny. It's like I was like, oh look at that. Ben has a new story. Oh, it's ducks. They're ducks, and then yeah, <laughs> like, everyone loves the ducks. They're like, hey, someone on Twitter like followed me on Instagram too. And was yeah. Like I get an update on those ducks, and it just so happened they were like there again. And I was like, they're still here. They're still okay. It's like a family of like seven ducks. And I'm like, what the hell are they going to do? They're blocked in on both sides. There's dump trucks. There's like diggers. And like there's these, like jackhammers and all these guys walking around. I'm like so scared for the ducks. I just have deer <laughs> in my side here. Deer and oh, baby that's... deer. Like where I was sitting out watching TV the other night, we were literally sitting 20 feet from us. This mama deer like walks in the side yard and was just like there. And it kind of looks over at us and we're like, oh my God. Hey, man. Yeah, exactly. And then where it's five. At? Five seconds later, two baby deer just run up and like frolic towards the mom, and they kind of like run off into the woods. But we're like sitting there watching TV. There's audio playing, and like we're not being quiet. We're talking. They didn't give a crap. But I'm like, ah, this is so amazing. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, Um, maybe one day, maybe one day Orno and Mason's. I don't know the politics, but maybe we can do something. 
cool. Yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of stuff going on. And I know you have, um, you drew Drawing Blood cans for the Bangor Comic-Con uh, that obviously is now in October, which Ben will be at, right? You're still planning on, hopefully, if it happens, we're, we're all like yeah, as long as it crossing happens, our fingers. Um, that, that happens in October in Bangor. You can get the tickets to the Bangor Comic-Con website or, you know, link on their Facebook page. Ben's working on Aggregate 2, which is awesome, and Drawing Blood 2. Uh, that's all coming out and um, look for his cans and store and stuff like that too. But give Ben a follow. I really appreciate you coming on today, man. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's been a, been a, a honor. Like I've been, when I started the podcast, I wanted to talk to people that I have a passion with, not just people who can further your cause and like get people to listen to your podcast. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a balance. So like my first couple of people, I talked to Jay Cochran from Bangor Comic Con, but also he's my tattoo artist. So it's like, let's talk tattoos, man. And like yeah. talking that tattoos is fun. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of people where it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And everybody's been a great guest, but it's like comic books is my like passion. And then you obviously intersected with the beer and drawing beer cans as well. So Jay intersects with the beer too, right? Is he still at Gagan's? Uh, he's not there anymore, but we have that. So we, I used to work with Jay at the, at the Gagan's uh, restaurant. My first job in a, for a brewery was at Gagan's and I grew up with Andy Gagan. Um, but so Jay and I go way back. And so, yes, yeah, so whenever I bring, whenever I go get a tattoo, it's usually like pay for the tattoo and here's a case of beer. Cause you know nice. what? Like, and then he'll be like halfway through the tattoo and he'll be like, Hey man, do you mind if I have a beer? I'm like, that's cool, but don't drink up multiple ones. I, this is permanently on my arm. Like you can't yeah, like, don't get <laughs> super funny. That's funny. And then he'll be like, like, Hey man, you want a beer? I'm like, I don't think that's okay. I don't think I can have a beer cause it thins your blood. He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. So, so that's a good takeaway for everyone. Maine is like comics, beer, tattoos trades that's wildlife because you have your ducks you have your ducks and i have my deer yeah there we go there's a mason's obc collab beer called ducks and deer or something like that yeah i like it i'll keep thinking on that (laughs) i'd be down i think we can convince the powers ahead uh, up top you know but it's pretty cool to talk to you and uh and chat with you again um or for the first time actually this is the first time you actually physically chatting with ben but uh we've talked with you messenger and stuff like that so really appreciate it man we'll uh again bishart.net is the big one and at bishart on social media uh give him a follow um come see him at comic-con in bangor if you're in the bangor area because hopefully it happens and you can meet him and get some artwork or get something signed or take a picture with him or whatever yeah hopefully it's safe enough to happen otherwise we'll see you at the new rescheduled date um 2021 like (laughs) 2025 (laughs) but I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have a good night, man. I really appreciate it. All right, you too, dude.